Going Bananas show with Mark Terenzi. How? It is so awesome to be here. I got to be honest with you, and especially sitting with you here in this park, in this place right now, it's just amazing. Bring back some memories. Fifteen years of crazy memories. What we went through, everything that happened along the way. I don't even remember a lot of the. Th- I mean, everything comes back when you come back here. You know, to the scene of the crime. I would like to say, <laughs> but I mean, what we did here, what we started here, especially in this spot. Pretty crazy. Right here. There's an X somewhere on the floor somewhere. If you dig up, a, yeah, I'm sure if you dig up some of these uh, panels here, you would find some of your uh, DNA. In, in a couple bodies, probably. But well, when I when I say DNA, I'm being, yeah. being respectful, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, my DNA is all over this park. If you want to really get down to it, right? But let's not blue light any part of this place now. No, but I, I mean, this this actually where we're sitting right now was the first show we ever did. This was where the house Hell's in sat. The first from Horn Eyes. It's crazy that we're back here again. There's a radio studio. What year was that? Two oh eight. No, 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 no. 2007? No, yeah. 2007, something like this, yeah. That's so crazy, right? How old are we, first of all? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to talk about age. Hey, yeah. hey, what have you been doing for the last three or four months? I'm going to start super light like this. <laughs> me, I, I got to be honest with you, the past months for me have been good in some ways, bad in some ways. Um, I mean, the entertainment industry is is just completely destroyed. Uh, I was on tour, you have to imagine, with, with my group, with the Six Pack, we're traveling around. We had 90 shows. We had shows with 5,000 girls. We had meeting greets during the middle of the night. We had, we would have, uh, you know, during sound check, we'd have all these, we had thousands of people around us all the time. And from one day to the next, I was sitting on my couch. And nobody. He didn't talk to anybody for months. It was really no, weird. No 5,000 girls? It's just weird. No, I mean, they were at my house then, right. not, not at the venue. <laughs> but no, and I, uh, it was just really weird to not talk to anybody after this, like, years of touring and doing stuff. I, didn't, I, I thought it was cool in the first month, and then, then it got really strange when you just don't see anybody after being in a business like I'm in, and I'm, I'm really working every day and seeing so many people to see nobody. And I can't imagine it was easy for a lot of people to, to handle. Up, it was messed I, up. I, I but, think everyone's gone through this sort of mental acceptance of a completely different life uncertain future yeah that, that's the weird part it was uncertain we had no idea what was going on no one had any facts for us he's just sitting at home listening we, and I, we actually all just did what people told us to do which is even crazier we just sat at home okay don't go out we didn't go out yeah i mean honestly that's healthy for people in general anyway i mean people need people you got to talk to people and then after months went especially by, for you that works with everybody yeah all yeah. the time it was just really weird for me. And I know a lot of my friends, a lot of the really big DJs that are out there, you know, the number one DJs in the world and stuff, they're, they're going through depression right now. It's like a really weird time for them. They're not okay with, you know, sitting I think at I home. Try and, and, I, I think I try and fake to myself a little bit. Everybody by did. going home, yep. locking down, but continuing to work. Yeah. And having no clue yeah. when you're ever going to work again, when you're going to get out in the public. Yeah, I mean, get out in the public. Is that just crazy to you or me that there was just no instructions, no idea when you can start again? Just, we just went and locked ourselves down. Everybody just did it. We just did it, right? Then you're sitting at home going, when's this thing going to end? No one knew. I mean, yeah. they still don't know now. We're not even any closer to answers for a lot of this stuff. I mean, the stuff is being proven different. This is wrong. Oh, we were wrong about that. We don't even know if masks work. I mean, how do you not know if by this many months later that if masks work or not? Or yeah or no? Or when is it going to end? We have no idea. And still now... We're just canceling shows. We can't even sell tickets for shows. People don't buy tickets anymore. And yeah. we don't even know when we can go on stage again. And they didn't even give us... You know, I came to Germany. thinking of Germany, this great country. I'm paying all these taxes. That's fine. You know, for me, you know, we get good health care. got good roads. Best, best uh, country. Yeah, if, best, if you if, have to choose a country where you're going to be in this uh, I, absolutely. I have to pandemic. Be, I have to be super happy to be in Germany during this time and not America. Yeah. America's a di- freaking disaster. I mean, it, it could be the worst place to be probably. And I'm happy yeah. to be in Germany. But I just thought, you know, in this time, when shit goes to hell, when it really goes downhill and you really like, I figured we pay all these taxes, millions of dollars, they're going to help us, you know? Mm. And literally, entertainment industry, as a singer or as an entertainer, we got zero from the government. 
And I think that's a really hard number. Entertainment people need and you just expect to be helped and still till now. I mean, we can't, I've lost hundreds of thousands of euros in shows. Luckily, I do many other things and yeah. I didn't put all my eggs in one basket. But still, I mean, it's really hard to be, be a musician touring with giving millions and millions of dollars to the government and taxes thinking we're going to be okay when a crisis comes. And a crisis comes, we don't fall into any category that people help. They don't help entertainers at all. We got no money. No. And, and it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. On Everyone the other- I know in the world are um, not only are they unemployed, they're going through this mental, yeah, mental this is- uh, problems at the moment. And, and still, as yet now, they have no idea when they're going to work again. Yeah, I mean, how much more uncertainty do you need than... I mean, the, we, we literally don't know if tomorrow they're going to lock down again. We don't know if another virus is going to come. We don't know if this vaccine mm. is going to work. We don't know. We actually know nothing. Do you, do you feel like you know more now than we did at the beginning of oh, Corona? I don't think I know. I'm actually more confused now than I was before because I hear so many things. Conflicting, just, conflicting but, reports. But how does the time. whole world not have an answer? Like, nobody knows what's going on. That everyone's, is, everyone's bought into it. It's just crazy. We're all just like, yeah, let's just do it. Bill Gates over there making some... I have no... Something, I think something else going on anyway. I think there's... I love conspiracy theories. You know, let's get right into it. No. But I, I like conspiracy theories. I think there's a whole other plan yeah. behind this whole thing. It makes no sense that this is happening like it is and then you just destroy countries, you know, all the businesses and all these... It, it's for this. There's got to be something. There's got to be something because what? I can't believe how every country in the planet can <laughs> buy into this with the exception of what, Sweden or yeah, something Sweden. like that. They just hey. said, no, we're just dealing with it. Yeah. It's, uh, hey, everyone, there's a sickness going around. Be careful because yeah. it can really I mean, uh, mess you up. I showed you this statistic today that the UCLA and Stanford just did a research about the possibility of people from between 50 and 65 actually dying from COVID is one in 19 million, they just found out. And I'm thinking, that's I don't even know something that's like less lethal than that. I mean, there's nothing. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. really to shut down a country, destroy all these brands, all these companies. So many people killed themselves. More people than even died from Corona because of this depression, sitting at home and going through this mental. I got to deal with myself all day, which a lot of people can't deal with over months. Is it worth it? And you got to get Does to know your family again because you get to know your family in a completely different. I mean, you must have spent more time with your family yeah. and your children than you've done in years. Yeah, which I which I enjoy. I, I got to be honest with you, I enjoyed that and. For me, I went through a good change. I needed this break, actually. And the beginning was, okay, a couple months, fine. You know, I needed time off from my career. I love what I do, and I never take time off. And then you get burnt out. You keep going, and you work, and I love being on stage. Why would I take a break from it? And this forced me to take a break. For me, it was okay. I could do other things. I could work on things that I wasn't able to work on before, make sure my websites are online, talk to people in the music industry, get a bigger deal going. I had the time to do those things. But but over time... Have you redirected? Do you think you've redirected your, your career or your focus in, in a different way I've, because of the time you've had? I've literally redirected my entire life in a different way because I sat at home, dealt with myself, which is the worst thing you could do, look at yourself in the mirror and be like, oh, that's me. You know, how you doing? Get to know yourself. You know, it's really kind of a creepy thing to do when you look at yourself and you're really just, just busy. Most people run out to forget about themselves. So they don't want to think about themselves. But you really had time to get to know yourself, yeah. which maybe everybody needed in a way, but a lot do of people like, didn't. But do, do you like who you got to know? Oh, I got to know myself real well. You know? yeah. <laughs> me and myself, we get along real well. No, I'm just kidding. But, no, but, but, you but, like, I did, but I did change. You like, you like it? You like I, I actually really, who you met, who you got to know? To be honest with you, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I think as an artist, you have this problem with self-image you know, image and, 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 and you don't feel like you're good enough and stuff like that. But I got to know a lot better things about myself that I can do in a time when there's nothing to do, when you're stuck at home and stuff. And really thinking about what do I want to do in my life? And, and I'm getting older. I'm 42. Um, and I thought, you know what? From this point on, because you don't know when something else is going to happen, I just want to, no matter what I do in the future... I want to fucking enjoy my life. I want to go out there and just right. enjoy things, see things, 
who knows what's going to happen next? Who knows when another lockdown? But for the time that we're out here, let's, let's enjoy every... I'm only going to do things that I love to do and want to do, and I'm not going to work every day, and I'm going to... But I don't... Uh, out of, out of, I've worked with a lot of people in my life, and I don't think I've ever worked with anyone who is just so intense of energy and power yeah. and creativity to you. Yeah. So to, to take all of that and then go, <laughs> right, shut down now yeah. for... I don't know for how long. You know, we'll tell you... Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that was, in the beginning, it was very weird. And you fe- I felt anxious, you know what I mean? I felt nervous sitting at home. I should be doing something. I should be doing something. But I was able to, I mean, I had my studio at home, and mm-hmm. I was able to work on writing music and to redirect my energies and other things, and even, even not even for a show, create shows and write things down and be super creative at home. And I think I was able to have a creative outlet, and we have a nice house, so that's good, but I found other things to do during that time. I played all the video games I've always wanted to play. You know what I mean? I love. Uh, I play. I went into virtual reality. I got ideas for new shows. I just wrote them down, even if I don't make how, them. How do you feel? Because like in our in our industry, when you're when you're creating something, there's nearly always an extra pressure of deadline. Yeah. You know, I've got to make that deadline. I've spoken to many very uh, very famous people about uh, writing music. Uh, uh, some guy that was writing movies, uh, uh, music for music scores for mm-hmm. movies. And then I said, how do you feel, you know, uh, when there's a deadline coming? He said, and this is like 40, 50, 40 nearly 50 years in the business, he said, never missed a deadline. Yeah. But then how do you work when you've got no deadline? Because you That's don't know. That's the thing. You need deadlines. I mean, I think you, everybody needs a deadline. So what you have to do, which is weird, is you have to set a deadline for yourself. Even mm-hmm. if there's nothing to do, do something. Get up. I, I just focus on fitness every day. I wanted to get to a certain point in fitness every week, have a goal. If you right. don't have a goal and a plan, you're going to lose your fucking mind. And I mean, I'm ADHD, so I have, my mind's all over the place. I have to put it into some sort of form. You have to have some sort of goals and focus and something to do, even if you're locked up. Then, yeah. okay, I'm going to focus on getting healthier. I'm going to focus on make sure I go to the gym every day and see if I can just do more than I did before. So a bit more structured, a bit more yeah, rigid? Yeah, you know, see my kids. Uh, um, I'm going to be creative. I'm going to write songs. I went to, you know, in my studio, I wrote a lot of music. I started working with my daughter. Uh, on singing and stuff. I had a lot of time to spend that. with her, which is great. You, yeah, yeah, you can see a video on my Instagram. Everybody yeah. check out my Instagram. Everybody check out my Instagram when you have a yeah. time because I, we started just posting some stuff with her because I got to spend a lot more time with her and, and she loves music and she's, she has the passion just like me. She sings all day, every day and I really got to spend time to work with, with her. With mom and dad. Music. Like she's got, how can she not? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, even... We didn't ever want to push our kids into that. You know what I mean? We're, we're really, we but love she must, she must put some pressure on herself though. I'm one, because that, mom, and dad, good, mom and dad are that's, major that's, stars. That's a question, you know. Are we going to mess her up by thinking that she has to held up, you know, hold up to us or something? Is she looking like, but she has a very different, she has a personality. She's built for this. She has her own standard. I see that she doesn't try to be like Sarah or try to, I mean, like me, and that's cool. I think she gets, she's much older than you would expect, the, her singing everything. She just has this God-given voice like Sarah. Four, 14. 14. Right? And yeah. I, I, you know, I had to work towards my voice for like years. You know, I was terrible to be, you wouldn't want to hear me singing. It was horrible. But I really wanted to do it and I kept practicing. I'm still getting better. Mm-hmm. But she just has God-given talent and hopefully we can help her to steer her in the right direction, slowly get her into this business to understand what will come um, and support her the best way that we can and without protect trying. Protect her when she needs it, right? Yeah. And I mean, we can't protect her always. But same time, kids grow up in a very different world today. They see everything on the internet. They know everything. They know about haters. They know about trolls. People are terrible on the internet. They see a lot of stuff. We didn't grow up yeah. in that time. And it was hard for me when I was doing a show. I could do a show with 50,000 people. One person would be like, You're, you suck. And that was seriously bothering me for a year. I, would, I couldn't get over this. I wanted everybody to be happy by the things that I was doing. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I could do shows for hundreds of thousands of people. They love it. And one person doesn't like it. It bothered me. Right. Not anymore. But that's a hard thing to get over. Maybe kids grow up already knowing this. Going through this whole... 
you know, bullying, treating people like shit online, reading all these terrible comments. Maybe this is something that they won't go through like we did. I hope so. I hope so, too. Uh, as, a, as a father also, I'm a little nervous about, because it's something that I don't understand. Yeah. You know, this whole social media thing, it's so easy. You know, there's, like you say, bullying at school when I was a kid. Uh, the bully, everyone just avoided the bully because yeah. it was one guy who could verbally... Uh, yeah verbally destroy somebody and and then and go home they lock avoid, your door you know, go home lock your door now there's no going home yeah and i mean not cool i mean it's especially for girls i mean when you have a daughter it's, it's very I'm very protective as a father <clears throat> i'm gonna go kill everybody you know what I mean? i'm just right. that kind of person and I, and of course you know what's gonna happen in the end she's gonna end up getting a relationship with someone just as messed up as me <laughs> exactly the person that i don't want to be with is gonna happen you know uh, this is gonna happen this is you inevitable know it's gonna happen and it's i'm gonna shoot myself at that point but this is i mean i think what every father goes through the, the only thing that you can do is i try to be a friend as much as i can and not yeah. be an authority point that okay you can't do it. i want her to tell me things and i think if you can have an open discussion with them and be open about everything and not make it weird like my parents did you know i never talked about personal things with my parents my parents well, we were didn't too straight in years ago it wasn't it wasn't encouraged at all no can you imagine talking to your parents about some girl you were having sex with i mean oh my god no i think my i think my mum might have brought it up a couple of times yeah. like stop doing that yeah, my dad, i would never talk like personal anything with my dad yeah my dad was just cold and he was a great father but still it was a very different time yeah but respect somehow I look, I look fondly back to those days because yeah. there was that barrier, yeah. you know, but yeah. um, as I look back, I probably wouldn't change it no. because, because it was something that I didn't really want to just go blah, blah, blah with my yeah. dad or something like that. Yeah. I took my, and, and now everything's so public. And, it is. I mean, there was no internet when I was a child. Yeah, so everybody's public right now. Now you've got access to, you know, you meet somebody on the street, you immediately Instagram them yeah. or Facebook them yeah. or something. Then you see all the personal yeah. pictures and you see all that. That's crazy. I mean, I, I mean, actually, you can order a person online just like you can order pizza. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, I tried to explain this to my kids. We had to like, you had to be at home. The phone would have to ring. You'd have to be there. Your dad would answer the phone. Then you yeah, could answer yeah. the phone if your dad let you talk to the person. Then you had to talk to the person. You set like a date for Friday night, right? You hang up that phone. You better be there on Friday night at 8 o'clock because there's no way to cancel that date. And you wait the whole week thinking about that date. You don't talk to anybody else. There's no pictures. You just – and you go to that place. And you try to you, – you get in your car and you write down the directions. Okay, mm. turn left at the Red House. Come – you know, and then, oh, I went too far. I don't know where I'm – it's an adventure, right? Then you get to this restaurant and there's this girl sitting there and you have to sell yourself to that girl for that hour you're there because that's the only time you get – you don't get – you can't text her. You can't try to – and that's the only time you have. And then you left that date. And you had no idea what the girl thought about you right. at all. You'd hope right. that she would try to call again or worse is you try to call her house and her dad answers. Yeah. I mean, he, this wasn't, whole, he wasn't even putting you through. No. And this whole thing was so different back then. Now you just write text. My, I don't even know if my kids know how to talk to anybody. <laughs> no, my yeah. kids are great. But I see so many kids just texting them, missing the adventure, the, the, this, this thing we had, which, which I think is missing, the connection. Looking when they were last online. And, and, yeah. Uh, it's just it's I, mental. It's, it's mental. Is it better? Is it worse? I don't know. I mean, you get to know people. They better be prepared. I mean, I have to be honest with you. I, I mean, I met the girlfriend that I'm with now. This is a perfect girl for my life. I met her online. I mean, on Instagram. It does offer someone like me a chance to meet somebody without having... Where am I going to go to meet somebody? Go to a bar and right. go to a normal club and just, hey, let me meet somebody and get to know each other? Hang on. You, you, met, you met Vivi online. I met Vivi on Instagram, actually. And yet you are Mark Terenzi, who's got a certain <laughs> reputation of... Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I can just say just any say woman you want. I, any woman you want. I was the most ridiculous, out of control, dating every person you can imagine from 
I just wanted to date everybody. I don't know. Yeah. To, to have it, I think when I was a well, kid, you know, I wanted to date every and model. And you did. Superstar, I did, yeah. <laughs> I did definitely achieve this, you know. I wanted to date every superstar model. So you just wanted to have that sort of, that was cool back then, you know, this rock star, crazy, the drunker you were, the crazier you were, the better. I think times have changed with that. Mm-hmm. I think things have changed, but I think because I've been through really this, and boy bands are worse than any rock band you'll ever right. be with. I mean, it's right. terrible. Um, because I've had that experience, since I've gotten older, instead of changed a lot of things in my life, I don't drink alcohol anymore since one year. I'm vegan. I've just focused on myself to be. I'm much happier now. But I think because I had all the experience, I don't wonder what it's going to be like. I know what I want. Yeah. And I'm happy with myself for the first time in my life. That's a pretty cool thing to say. Yeah. And, and 42 years old. I never thought I would. The hardest point, especially as an artist, with people looking at you and judging you every day, is to be okay with yourself. To say... You know, I like the guy I'm looking at in the mirror, and I hated myself for, for many years, you know what I mean? I used to drink to get through the night. You hated drinking, you did it anyway. You, you're trying to be this image that everybody wants you to be. People are terrible to you. Your whole life is public. You can't get away from it. it if you don't love this industry, you're going to hate it. And you're going to just... Well, I mean, if I'm going to come to that. I just want to know, uh, you know, I, I came to Europa Park, uh, what, 11 years ago, and then uh, Michael Mack called me up and said, hey, you know, I want you involved with... Uh, the Terenzi Horror Nights. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> yeah. you'd already started. I came to the first one yeah. to, as, a, as a guest. Uh, Michael said, oh, because it was his, know, yeah. uh, you know, his uh, true passion to, to yeah. do this with you. And, um, and then uh, I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm in, from a different world to you and, and mm. uh, said, oh, Mark Terenzi, he's a massive star. And then, no, no, and no. then I, was, I was a little thinking, how does an American guy come to Germany and is such a huge star in Germany, but you're based here. It's not like you're you know, yeah. one of these big American stars which work from the States, come do a tour and go back. You're here, you're living here, you've invested all your, all your life in the German culture. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but how, how does an American, I mean, you're the old American guy, right? Yeah, yeah totally. You know, I, mean, totally I, I can uh, answer that question simply. Just marry the hottest girl in Germany. <laughs> yeah. Then you stay here. I mean, is that what kept you? Absolutely. Not, I mean, not, the, not the success or... No, I mean, I mean I, to be honest with you, for me, entertaining is not about where I am. And in Germany, um, my career really was built here. We had a very huge fan base here. Mm. And we had the choice back then, the boy but band. How you, did that happen from, you, from, from, from the States? Okay, so, so in, in America, this is a crazy story. I, first of all, nobody in my family is a musician. Nobody sings, nobody plays music, and I have no idea why. My, my father's in the military. My uncle is the head of all the police in Boston. Everybody's police officers. They wanted me to go on the SWAT team. I mean... No one in my family is a musician. And since I was six years old, I can't tell you why, I used to sneak to my, well, not sneak out. After school, I would go to my mother's church, go down in the basement, and I just wanted to play piano and sing. Since I was six years, every day after school. And I didn't, we didn't have the internet. You couldn't learn. We didn't have money for, for lessons. We didn't have that much money. So I actually used to play Bon Jovi tapes or whatever. And I sat there for hours and learned how to play because I knew when I was a kid, I was going to be on stage doing this when I was six. And I had no connection to the business at all. But I knew it then, and I did it, and I kept trying and kept trying and kept trying, and then I moved to Orlando because I saw, I was like living in, in, in Natick, and I think I was 17, 18 with my best friend, and I said, okay, I want to do something. I don't know anybody in the music you industry. You left the family home? I, I left family home. Um, I was very independent anyway, like, you mm-hmm. know, 17, I was anyway going around. I did theater, theater and things like this, but I said, you know, I want something more. I know there's something more for me out there. I don't know what. Were you singing this, at that point, or were you, I was singing? I, mean, I was playing the, piano, uh, singing. I was in theater. I started doing theater when I was twelve to be able to just sing more and stuff like that. And what did and your I, family think of that? that about that, uh, you know, my father was against it in the beginning. My mother was sure. really for it, but because it's not a real job. 
it's not a real job. But, you know, a, a policeman go the, go is never going to say, singing on stage, yeah. you know, they're go never going to see My grandfather, the coolest guy ever, he's Italian, never spoke a word of English, really old. He, I mean, he made it through the war. He was, a, he was like in the war with Mussolini and stuff and disappeared for like eight years and escaped from Dachau and came. I mean, crazy story. Someday I want to make a movie about it. Took my family to France for the quota to wait for the boat. They had to wait for their name to be called. Right. They just go there and just wait. They don't even know how long. He waited four years. Came over on the boat to give us a better life. My grandfather, when my mother told him that I wanted to do music, my grandfather, even though some of the family was like, eh, we don't know, he bought me my first guitar. He bought me my first guitar. He's a very hard guy to talk to, but he was Grandparents really, are very cool. He bought my first guitar, and then I had a guitar and I had a piano, and that's all I had, a shitty one, you know? Yeah. And I, I just believed in this American dream, maybe because I grew up in America, anything's possible in America. You know, you, this <clears> is this, the thing. Certainly in those, in those, yes. in that era, yeah. It was the land of uh, yeah, the land of just, uh, everybody. Dreams, if you dream right? it, you can do it. And, and yeah. that's something you don't see today. People you know it's not possible. I mean, if I hear that one more time, mm. but I, but I had this idea, and I remember we didn't have the internet then, so you have to remember this is all before the internet. You can't research anything. So I remember be, working at Blockbuster Video it was a video store place where you. I love yeah, movies, yeah, so I know, yeah. worked at Blockbuster Video, and there came a CD on the counter, and it was a band called Backstreet Boys, and I looked at the CD, and it said Backstreet's back, and I was like, back from what? You know who are these? And I listened to the song, it was pretty good. I looked in the back and there was an address from the studio that they recorded this at called Transcontinental Studios, which is a studio that Lou Perlman owned. And I literally yeah. told my best friend Damien, tomorrow I'm leaving and going to Orlando. And we had a house, he had his father's house. 17, 18? 18, yeah. To, to my fa- my, his father's house, a huge house that his father was, was, I think he was a spy or something. I don't know. He you know, always dressed in black, really cool, computer guy, always away, helicopters picking him up, a lot of money. And we lived in this house for free. We had this amazing house. And I said to Damien, if we don't leave now, we're never going to leave here. Right. If we plan it, we're not going to go. Yeah. So I said, I'm leaving tomorrow. Do you want to come with me? He said, I'm coming. And him and two other of my friends, we packed up my car and moved to Orlando with no money, nothing. And I literally played piano in the bar of a hotel for our room. We got jobs waitering everywhere. And I started a band. And we... Who are you going to get to play the character when you do the movie? I don't know, man. Someone really messed up. I don't no, know. Yeah. Carry on, because that, I, I tell it's you... It's crazy. I, I mean... Knowing your career now, mm-hmm. I can see it right now because I know that I, I have the the impression that you are not scared to move and no. to move. And when I say move, Make, take a risk, take a risk and Do change it. your life. What's the worst that can happen? Like that. What's the worst? Can, if I leave and I go to Orlando, it doesn't work. What, cause what's going to happen? I'll find you. Find a way. You get a job. There's a lot of people that go are back. Just scared to. Take a chance with... Yeah, and that's wrong because any you can't get a big game without taking a risk. Nobody knows how to do things. Hugely inspirational. Yeah, but... If someone's watching this, uh, you know... I, I, like, I hope so because, because realistically, I am that story. I'm the true story that... I mean, we didn't have money. No one in my family was a musician that came from really nothing and nowhere and, and found my way in a business that's impossible to find your way in with right. no connection to the music industry. And I moved... When I was in Orlando, I'll try yeah, to make it quick. Yeah, you have an uncle or something that knows somebody no, in, some, in not, the business. Zero. Zero connection to that at all. And so I just said, let me try to be around music. And I went to Orlando. I heard all these bands. And there was all these bands rehearsing. And I, I got a job at security at one of the venues called House of Blues where every band played just to be around the music. And I was a guy, guy taking tickets at the door, you know, just being around the bands and getting no people. Yeah, right. You were a bouncer. I start, yeah. I started... Because I did martial arts. So I was a two-time national champion in, in Taekwondo. And they were hiring just martial artists at Disney. It was a Disney place. They don't want people fighting. Want... Two times national champion. Yeah, my, my, my son is world champion. Really? Yeah, crazy, right? <laughs> Isn't that insane? He's world champion. He's a world champion, yeah, since, since two years, since he was 14. Isn't that oh crazy? God. What? Was... In, in what? In karate, in, in karate kickboxing. And I was in Taekwondo, two time national champion, and 13th in the world. Damn. 
Crazy, right? And so, so I not gonna pick a fight. With wanted you. to be in there. It was like ten years ago. You probably wouldn't. Right. Uh, it's about you know, uh, to, and then and I was there thinking, okay, I just want to be around music. Then I started a band, this natural band, this boy band, but it was a totally different band than it is now. So with your best friend, we went down still we, with your best friend. We had right? another band, right? It didn't really work out. People kind of separated. So then I said, okay, let me start a kind of different. We, I met a guy. We were starting a group called Natural. The name Natural like, didn't come from me. It was already in, it, there was this guy who was doing a band. Um, we ended up with the name later, but. I said, okay, let's try it. You know, we were trying to, he knew some people and we were just trying to put a band together. But then the guys weren't really that good. So then we kind of switched some members out and I switched some of the people. And I was saving up money to try to rehearse. I just heard that the studios from Lou Perlman, the manager of Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, with these amazing studios, Seven Dust rehearsed there. Before Pink was famous, she rehearsed there. Uh, we heard about Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, all these people from, from the Mickey Mouse Club. They were all hanging out at a place called Denny's, which was like this restaurant. And we were hanging out Denny's. with them. Yeah, you yeah, know it? Yeah, of course. We were hanging out with them. The choreographer was there. Right? Brittany was there. Justin was there. But they were not famous then. We were just kind of sitting around and hanging out with all these people who were like in this music industry and singers and stuff like Brilliant. this. Then I heard about Transcontinental, that they have these amazing rehearsal rooms where you get full technician sound and lighting. I said, I got to get one of these rooms. How much does it cost? $175 an hour. And so I literally saved money. We took the band there just for rehearsal. And I shit you not, at the time that we were there... Lou Perlman accidentally walked into our rehearsal room thinking Pink was still in there. And he said, who are you guys? And I said, hey, we're natural. And we played instruments. We were very different. We played instruments. He said, you play? We played instruments. Can you dance? We danced. We sang. And I swear, two weeks later, we're on a plane to Germany. That Unbelievable. Is, and he changed my life. And a lot of people talk bad about Lou Perlman. He was in jail for this and he did these things. We knew exactly what kind of contract we were signing. Mm-hmm. My, my lawyers looked at me and said, hey, you have a chance of a lifetime. But what Sign was, this. You were on a plane to Germany to do to go where? They took to us what? to Germany to meet BMG, to meet Thomas Stein, who was the head of BMG, and to just start our career here in Germany. And we knew. And a lot of people are like, oh, he gives you. Why? Back. Why in Germany, not not the states? Well, because you have a choice to do the states or not. It's better to go to Germany, get a whole experience, get the whole build up, just like he did with Backstreet Boys. <clears throat> and InSync was coming out at that time um, as well. Then was us, we, but we were a band. And so he said, let's do it the same way we did all those other people. Go to Europe first and then come back to America with a story. Right. And as we got bigger, we had the choice. Do you want to do America or Germany, Germany in Europe and Asia? And we chose to stay in Asia and Germany and Europe. We didn't want to do the three years of touring in America. We want to see the world. So we had that choice back then. And even then, a lot of people say Lou Perlman gives bad contracts and they sued him. And, but it's, I, I can tell you just from my point of view, I've had a great relationship with him. He, he really gave me everything that I have in this industry was because of him. He taught me the ropes of the industry, taught me management. I was really good friends with him. And that contract we signed was a bad contract. No, no, no questions sure. asked. But my lawyer said to me, you're about to sign a bad contract, but here's your choice. You sign a this bad, bad contract, contract no make contract no money, right. travel the world, go to the best places you've ever been to in your life, get a chance to be a superstar, or go and work at McDonald's. Mm. Of course we all signed the freaking contract. Yeah. I was signing it again. Yeah. And I think it's when you become famous, I think it's really messed up to the person who brought you to that point to say, hey, yeah, he did something bad. I mean, yeah. I'm here because of him. Is and he, without him... Is he still alive? He died in prison. That's the next story. He, he, he actually had these bands, and I don't know if he had you know, money problems, but he, he started a pension plan. Hey, it's the guy who did Backstreet Boys and Instinct. He started a pension plan and said, okay, I have Backstreet Boys and Instinct, and I have this company for pensions for the rest of your life. And he was getting people's monies for this pension plan. And he collected like $250 million from private people, got another $250 million from the bank, and then disappeared with all the money. <laughs> yeah? And you know, how they got, you know how they caught him? Which is insane, first of all, because he had all of his money, right? They caught him because he, the, the FBI agents who were looking for him were sitting next to him at breakfast somewhere in Guatemala or somewhere, sitting next to him at breakfast. 
he just happened to be at the next table. And he went to prison. He wanted to start a band in prison called like the... And then he died in prison. Damn. And I wish, if he had come back out, I swear I would have let him manage me again. He was the best manager ever. Nothing's ever going to be like it was then. We toured 50 countries. And he would, had the power to bring us to the world stages in a way we'll never see again. So then, so you come over here, you tour around basically yeah. Germany or all of Europe. Mm-hmm. Well, we did 50 countries. Germany, Asia, Southeast Asia. We were on tour for three years, the first tour, I think. But it, it really amazing. took off in Germany. It took off in Germany, but Asia was even bigger. And it was just crazy. We were just nonstop touring the whole time. It just went from one day to the next. We just, I mean, the beginning was a little difficult, you know. But back then we had Top of the Pops. We had the Dome. There was every day you could be on TV. They had MTV. They had, it was much easier on to bring bus, bands out. On a bus or uh, yeah, just we, traveling all around First Europe. we had vans and then we had buses. Then we had private jets. And I mean, with Lou Perlman, he had his private jet. He had a private jet company. We were traveling around in amazing tour buses and private jets and stuff. In the beginning it's hard, but it gets better. Mm-hmm. Then we toured America with the monkeys. Oh, yeah. David, I got to hey, sing. Hey, with the I got, I got to sing "Daydream Believer" with Davy Jones on stage every oh. night, which is a dream of mine. Because I, I, when I was a kid, I used to sit in front of the mirror and, and sing that song and pretend to be him. And yeah. then I got to actually tour America with him and sing that song with him on stage, which is a dream come true for me. Very cool. Yeah, we did. We did a tribute to the Bee Gees and stuff like that with them, and I, we did so much amazing stuff with him that never will be the same. He was one of the legendary, you know, managers that did stuff no one else could do. Hey, and, and, we're all a creation of our past, you know, and, and yours yeah, is just Yeah, but this is on a level that people uh, will never understand again. They just, people like him don't exist. People will take a band and pump money into you and get you ready and give you the boy band camp and get you ready and make you this amazing band and then take you around the world and make it work. Who's that anymore? No one does that anymore. So we were the last of that type of, you know, people to experience this real, real touring life for years. Then I, you know, I was in Germany. I love Germany anyway. German fans are amazing. You get to meet so many people. It was just great. The music industry in Germany was great. And um, strangely enough, I met a girl named Sarah Connor. Think of her. Ever. And, Think I've heard of her. Yeah, right? and I met her here in this park. Isn't that crazy? I, I, I met. This is, well, this is not. This is this is when when you were with Kid, the with the young guys. Look what I look like. Ah, you so, look cute though. This is, yeah. I mean, th- now. What was, what's always with boy bands and stuff, you have to imagine that, like, you know, this was a band of my passion, you know, me and, I think me and Ben were, like, the main people and Michael, and, and right. it was something I wanted to do. And a lot of the time in the end of this group, what a lot of people don't know is that a lot of the guys didn't want to be in the band anymore. So you have to imagine that these guys were like, you know, Jay wanted to go and do the guy in the middle. He's really amazing piano player, but this was just not for him. If you don't love this industry, it's the worst industry you can be in. No, you can't. And he fake stayed it. with the group. You can't fake it. No, even and he, for and good money. Him you can't and fake it. I mean, photo right. shoots, this, that, never sleeping. And he stayed with us for one more year, even though he didn't want to be in the band anymore. And then naturally, you know, people want to leave the band. People, and I, I <clears> thought during this time, why am I forcing people to be on stage and love this thing if they don't? Love it. And no, it, if you don't love it, if you don't live it, yeah, you so can't you, do it. You have to imagine behind the stage, you're, you're trying to convince somebody to go on stage yeah. and love what you do, but they don't in the end. It's okay. You know, but that's what team, teams or bands or uh, it's, it's a hard because you, you, you find yourself, you've got to be a psychologist half of the time mm-hmm. because you're taking care of their personal problems and their you, simple lack of you, you, no passion. They don't, maybe he's not happy in Germany. It's, he's he's is passionate not, about music, but just this was just not life for him. Right. This life of a, of a, is 10% stage and amazing and so much hard work and bullshit and dealing with so much stuff that normal people just don't deal with. So I understand it, I guess, in a way, you know? Hey, maybe if, I we, had social the media, if, if we had social media in these days, maybe you would all still be here. Isn't that insane? All you those know. shows that we did, we have no videos of right. around the world. I mean, we did shows for 200,000 people and arenas and stuff. I mean it was insane we used to fly into the airport the president would meet us in countries 
thousands of people at the airport, and we have zero videos from that. Shame, though. It's crazy, Same. yeah. But I mean, this was, be, and being in a band, I gotta be honest with you, being in a boy band is amazing, because, you know, being a solo artist is cool, too, but it's, it's fucking lonely. You're alone on the stage. You're experiencing these things alone by yourself on a stage, you know, and these are for you. But with these guys, you share that moment with, you know, four of your well, friends. Well, you share, you, you share the success, but you also share the failures. Yeah. And the difficult. You get yeah, through you a go shit through, city. You go through shit with Shit city, group. shit accommodation. Yeah. Shit circumstances. Whatever, it's awesome. Everything, everything's yeah. wrong, but you can share it with people. Yes. And, but and you the share the money. Successes. Yeah, you share the money. Yeah, true. But the successes you share with the, I mean, I mean, I loved it the whole time. You see, look at the smile on my face. Yeah. You can see, look at the, look at the smile, and look, at, look at the middle. Yeah. And here, then another one to the left. You see these fake smiles, these yeah. to, torn up by touring. I loved every second of everything I was doing always. Well, I can feel, hey, you're here. Uh, <laughs> I'm still 20 here. Years, 20 years later. I'm still here 160 years later. 160 years later. No, but as, as you said before. Oh, yeah. Who's this lady? Look at our haircuts match. What is this? I mean, look, look, at, my, look at how bad that haircut, what was I thinking? Hey, I think my, uh, my, uh, my I look team, like a pineapple. I think they found the great picture of yeah. you now. Yeah, I mean, I think Sarah looks amazing there. Um, Look at my hair. What am I thinking about my hair, man? Look what I look like. What is wrong with me, man? When I look at pictures of myself from back then, I'm just like, oh my God, please. Yeah, oh, there, Jesus. There's, I, I did Google you, and oh, uh, don't, oh God, there's don't do a that. lot of different fashions. And, uh, hey, man. No, but, it's, uh, but hey, that's. Yeah. You are. You were. You're, <laughs> Wait, you're, what can you say? You provoke, but you provoke. Yes, I try everything. You provoke everything. thought. Yes. Definitely your style, your energy. Um, you're not scared to try something. Yeah. You, you won't follow. You're not. You're not a mainstream guy. No, not at all. But I still like to create for the mainstream. But I'm not mainstream at all. I mean, you no, gotta you, try you things. You live and, your life, but yeah, you live absolutely. your life to your own rule. Yeah, as, absolutely. As, that's what they because say. Because why? Because why? Why else are you living? You so know. How did How did so, Sarah about feel about uh, getting some uh, American guy not knowing is he going to stay in Germany or is it? Well, I mean, uh, I think just, I think back then, you know, I think a dream of a lot of girls was to be with a boy band member, you know, somehow. Right, I think this was right. like a dream of a lot of people, and for us. You know, being with, uh, you know, these, I think this, we, were, we were really at a lot of shows together and stuff. The first time I was here in the park, and I literally... Why was, were you both here? We were both here for a thing called the Bravo Super Show. Yeah. It's like a Bravo show, and there was a huge open air festival, and she had the dress room across the way from me. And we literally opened the doors and bumped into each other in the hallway. And in that second, Bravo took a picture, the second we met each other. Destiny, then, destiny. destiny. Yeah, and then we met, we were, we were going to meet each other. Um, we said, let's meet at the after party, you know, after this thing. It's a ridiculous story. And so we were, of course, excited to meet each other. But we had entourage of like 40 people, technicians and stuff. She had an entourage. What's the worst thing you can do at an after party? Show up first, right? You always want to be the last right, one. Right, what right. happens? I'm like getting my whole group together. I'm like, this party starts today. I'm going to be there at eight. You know, like right, right. every time. What happens? I get there. Who's there? Sarah's there already. <laughs> Nice. We were like teenagers, like trying to. Okay, and it was so a really she's cool, more hungry than you. It was a really cool story, and we it was really we had a good evening, and we actually snuck away from uh, the thing. We weren't allowed to normally be in the park. Michael told me later. I knew you know the security's all over the park. We uh, went. I kind heard of, some story about Michael uh, seeing you from a distance through the park, or something. I think Michael's you know? the reason why me and Sarah are together in a way. I mean, yeah. he he saw us, and normally he had to tell us. To, the security called him and said, "Hey, yeah, you know, get those arrow, guys out." No, yeah, he's like little, a cupid arrow, and yeah. get, you know, these guys are walking around the park. And Michael said, "I'll just leave them." And that's when yeah. we had our first kiss, and that's the first time was here in this park. This park has memories for me beyond anything else. At yeah, all. You're home here. Yeah, maybe uh, you know it's 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 part of you're part of the family. Part yeah, of the Europa really, Park family. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and my story was written here. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. You know, when I look back at that moment, that was here in this park. And the cool thing about me and Sarah, a lot of people, oh, you guys are okay with each other and stuff. We're like, we're best, we're best friends. We're the best 
patchwork family, my girlfriend, her, you know, really well, good friends. Maybe the press, uh, uh, bad news sells better than good yeah, news. Yeah, of course. No? In the beginning, I'm sure, that, well, there was the uh, Sarah and Mark in Love, no? Yep, we did Sarah and Mark in Love, which was great. Yeah. I mean, it was cool to be able to do your wedding stuff on TV for... But I don't you know, find you know, enough question, time to be with each other because you're still the question. on tour? See, so here's the thing, which I think was a problem, you know? Um, and I, I think when you're doing a TV show and, you're, and you, you have the success, and both of you are successful, and you have this TV show, and you have the kids, mm. we forgot about time for each other, I think. Yeah. We have the kids, but every time we, she would go on tour, she would come back, I would go on tour. Then we were back, we had the kids. And we kind of forgot to be in a relationship. We forgot the, you know, along the way we became more friends yeah. than we were really in this romantic relationship anymore, which was okay. The good thing about me and Sarah was that we saw it happening and we decided to break up before we hit each other. That's yeah. why we don't hit each other. We actually had a divorce party together. Cool. Yeah, and we became, we stayed friends, you know, afterwards and now, I think it's amazing for our kids. We're all really close, we're all really good friends and for our kids, amazing. And I think we're the perfect example of a really patchwork family. Vivi and her, you know, get along so well. She styled her last tour and it's really cool for the kids definitely to have this crazy patchwork modern family. And following your passion. Absolutely. So. And uh, I mean, you have, to, you have to imagine in our industry, so many messed up people. You know, it is hard to find someone in this industry. Everybody's just fucking messed up. Well, at some point they could say that you were messed up, right? I was completely messed up for totally. years. Like out of my, off my tree. How did, how did you actually deal? Yeah, your friends. But you know, um, yeah, I was divorced, um, but I see people that are divorced, and, and there's one there's one bad person, oh, uh, yeah. you know, the one uh, you know is betrayed, or the woman betrays, or whatever like that. But I always feel sorry for both sides because mm -hmm. even if you are the bad one, uh, it, it it emotionally really affects you. Nobody wants to nobody wants to destroy somebody else. No, and both sides, it's a huge, hugely emotional moment of your life it's to actually say we're done. And move on, and you yeah. think, but are because, we going to get back together? Are we going to get back? And, yeah, and, but I think because we were so cool with it, it wasn't as you know dramatic. It wasn't like someone throwing somebody or someone angry. Right. I think because we were cool with it. The thing is, of course, when we broke, I mean, the realistic situation of the story too is that we broke up, and everybody said, you know, oh, the ex from Sarah. Oh, they, they didn't even call me by name. Hmm. You know, and that those kind of things kind of bothered me back then. I think, right. you know, being called the ex from Sarah, not Mark Sarah, but the ex from Sarah, the uh, ex, this, the guy who used to be, and blah blah. And then I decided, well, fuck, it, I'm just going to do my own thing, and I started dating everybody I freaking could to try to get my, a name from, to try to show people that I was, because people, are, oh, he's so sad, he's not doing anything, and and I was like, I'm not like that at all. So then I went on this crazy rampage okay. of drinking, partying, girls, and it stayed for like years after. I mean. Sounds, it came ter up, it sounds came, terrible. It was horrifying, all these beautiful women. I mean, no, I mean, this was, this was something to get away from myself and to get away from, you know, the thing people believed I was that I didn't, you know, that I didn't necessarily agree with and to forget that, you know, because of my, my ADHD, which I keep bringing up, I have so many thoughts in my head. I think of yeah. seven things at the same time. Oh, I've, and, known, I've, I've known you for 11 yeah, years and, and I only starts, know you for that. Yeah. That it's just yeah, full it's on. Yeah, it's a lot. Off some, topic, off topic, off yeah, topic. Yeah, some people it's a lot for great, them, definitely. A great idea here, but now you jump straight yeah. into another idea. Yeah. And I'm trying to let, focus, it yeah, in, focus, yeah. focus on can, one thing. Can you imagine when something happens to me that's bad? What kind of thoughts go through my head? I have this bad thought. Yeah. That, then, it, then my head gets filled with bad thoughts. And I just wanted to not have that. And so then what's the, what's the thing that I start doing? I start drinking and stuff. And it, that comes from, I think, earlier in general about my whole ADHD. They used to give me pills when I was a kid. I was a test subject for medication in America when I was five, six. They were giving me like Ritalin. 
So anytime that I felt weird... Only in America. Yeah, right? I mean, when I think about it now, how terrible is that? You give a kid, you say, hey, you want to feel normal like everybody else? Take this pill, this mind-altering pill. Of course, that obviously has something to do with my problems later, that, right. I, that the first thing I would do is go and start drinking and forget things, yeah. to feel normal, to feel... And in our industry back then, being a rock star was awesome. You know, the more drunk you were, the better. That's totally messed up. Yeah, people want you to be completely destroyed. Yeah, totally. And it was awesome back then. I mean, the more messed up you were, it's changed now. I think being the healthy, you know, celebrity who's who's not drinking anymore and who has his life under control, that's, I think, what people like today, which I'm happy. But back then... I mean, longevity as well because absolutely any longer like that you would have killed yourself in the beginning you couldn't even sing yeah. falling off the stage and I mean that was awesome yeah. and, and Motley Crue I used to party with Motley Crue man Motley Crue Ozzy Osbourne can, you can't imagine what but now that's, that's changed that's, that's just shitty now that's like being a loser kind of in a way yeah which, is, which I'm happy but it. I survived it and that, that's the thing too I've made a lot of crazy shit in my life and I, I stand to all the bad decisions I've made and if I do something messed up yeah I'm not perfect but I do it and I stand by it and I've and I'm okay with it. You know what That's I mean? That's what I got a lot of respect of it because I've, you know, I've watched you. I've uh, obviously looked at you in the past and I've, I've watched you. You, uh, someone told me today, one of my uh, team, he said he's a stand-up guy in Germany. That's a stand-up guy. You, you don't know when you're beaten. Mm-hmm. You refuse to be beaten. No. And you reinvent yourself and you come back and you come yeah. back and you come back. And that I've, in the time that I've known you, Never, ever have you ever been pessimistic about anything. It's always positive, positive, positive. Yeah. And you just give an, you, you give an energy that is so inspiring because you think, fuck, you know, yeah, yeah, we can do it. You know, it's yeah. not like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not sure whether this is going to work, but you're just power, power, yeah. and I believe, optimistic yeah. power. And I believe that too. I believe that, in, like you said, I don't believe I can do it. I always believe we can do it. I always find people yeah. to work with. I always believe in this yeah, you always team. Have, Energy. Have some we are small gonna, team or a big team. Yeah. You've got people around. We're going to do this together. Yeah. Because the journey together is so much more fun than being. What are you doing? You're retarded. You want to share with people, yeah. but you find those people, and you, and I do really honestly believe everything I say, like a thousand percent. Every song I sing on stage, I will cry when I'm on stage singing that song. I will because if you you're, li- well, you're a hugely emotional person. I right? am, and, and if you, and if you lie to your fans, they're not stupid. They get it if you're lying, uh, but it, I mean it. It doesn't. It doesn't hold. No. People and, will and I, you. I. I believe that we have a huge responsibility as performers when you're on stage that you change the way people feel for the time. That's a huge I think the only way that you can have a long career is if, you are, if it's true. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, you and can't really fake believe it. it. You can't yeah. fake it. And, and really, the people know, yeah. like you say, people feel it. Yeah, and the same thing with events. With anything I do, everybody knows that if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to freaking do whatever it takes to do it because I mean it. Right. There are times when I'm not sure, you know? And there are, you know, there's some years to it I was really messed up where I didn't really do much. Because I really wasn't behind it. I wasn't okay with myself. Mm. And those are the years where I really went down, you know, and it became a little bit depressive and stuff. I've never been depressed, you know, like, okay, I want to go kill myself. But I just was, didn't have the drive anymore. I didn't have the, I thought everybody hated me, you know, for years and people just talked bad about you in the press and but stuff. You never, like that wanted, you, you never thought of going back to the States? I always thought that was, a, that was something I could do when nothing else worked. But I never, I always go for, I, there's, I've, been, I've been bankrupt. I lived on the street for a while. I mean, I had no money. I actually lived on a, on a bench in the Frankfurt train station and I had a paper bag over my head so no one knew it was me. And if I could, I mean, and at that time, I still didn't think about giving up. I knew if I did it before, I could do it again. And look where I am now. I think yeah, my life is... you've made a huge amount of money in your life, right? Yeah, and, and I've had no money. And I've had debts yeah. more than anything else. I was bankrupt, I paid everything back. I gave all my, I worked and made no money and slept on nothing and paid all my stuff back. 
But I thought, I knew, if I did it before from nothing, coming from that small town in Natick, having no money, no matter how bad it got, I still could do it again. I love, I love to hear your story because it is a success story. But, but, it's, of, but, but I am living proof that yeah. no matter how bad it gets, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah. You can do it. That's amazing. So then, so then you split up with uh, Sarah. Yep. And then how did, how did the Terenzi Horror Nights happen? So then, actually, which, which is really interesting is that in the time that I split up with Sarah, that's it, you know, my best friend Michael, and he's a really big part of my life, too. He's, he's definitely a reason why I'm still here and why I'm still dreaming big and stuff like that, too. Michael, you know, at the time that I met Michael, <clears throat> even when me and Sarah broke up, I actually ended up moving here to the park, and I live with Michael. Hmm. We lived in an apartment together. He said, come on over to me, and, you know, we'll figure it out. Right. And being in this park was like a therapy for me, I got to tell you. Being in the park at nighttime when it's closed, walking around by yourself, being in this... Look at it now, it's just yes, fantastic. It's, a, it's, it's just, magical. And for it, me, magical. I, I get emotional when I come back. You know, I, these memories come back. This was a, my therapy here. To be in this park when no one was here, walk with Michael along the train tracks and talk about life and be in this amazing place. Well, he's an I mean, emotional can, person. He's very emotional and he really cares about the human being. Absolutely. But can you imagine walking through the park at night and feeling bad? I mean, you're in this magical... There's a magic here. There's a... There's yeah. something that just brings out this, every time I come here, I smile. You know what I mean? This, this magic of what they built here is a magical place for me. Yeah. And, and it really helped me through, through a lot of those times. When we came up with Terenzi Hornets was a time before me and Sarah broke up, we, when Sarah was pregnant with Summer. And I was at the park. He invited me down. Hey, come on out of the park. Sarah was, hey, I'm going to sleep. And I was sitting up, up with Michael in the bar, like we normally were, a lot, talking about life and stuff. And I said, I have this idea. Why, why don't we bring this extreme you know, American Hollywood horror show, Halloween and stuff, you know, but in an extreme for, to Germany. And he was like, hey, sounds cool, what do you mean? And I took a napkin, I grabbed the napkin, I took a pen. I swear I have this drawing still. It's like the Beatles when they wrote, the, what is it, Hey yeah. Jude on the cigarette packet, yeah. right? and I literally drew the first house on a napkin and said, you can walk through here and there's gonna be an actor there. And I showed him this and he, he looked at it and he got it. He's like, I mean, literally, that, really, that was the house, actually. And... He looked at me and said, that's a great idea. He said, if you're passionate, like 100% passionate about it, then I'll do it with you. But you need to be here and be passionate. And I swear, yeah. that's what I knew with Michael. When he tells you something like this, he does do it, yeah. right? Yeah, that's 100% so, sure. It's three months until October or something. And I said, great, we're going to do it next year. He said, no, we're going to do it this year. Yeah, you can't challenge Michael like that. Yeah. Oh, let's, oh, you've got to do it uh, we're doing a year it. to prepare. We're doing it this no. year. And I thought it was, I gotta yeah. be honest with you, I thought it was crazy, right? Yeah. He's like, we're going to do it. And he was with me every day. And we built that house together. He was there hammering and nails. We were actors in the house when we only had 30 people in the house. He brought in a team of people who were amazing. Whether it's, whether it's uh, you know, Karina who does the, guns, the whole marketing here. Whether it's Matthias Schilling who does all the other. Th These people supported the this thing with heart. The, the rat pack Nights. of the Horror Nights. Supported this sure. Horror Nights in a way that it would never be successful. He just had this passionate group of people. But he yeah. was there every day working in the house. From the beginning to the end with me, from the beginning to the end. I came down as a guest to that, and I felt yeah. like I was just in some like little cult thing. <laughs> that there were just these 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 small amounts of people yeah. that were all working to one goal. Yes, hugely we, we creative, this. and and you know only you guys, like you say, Karina and and and, and Matthias Schilling yeah. and and yourself and Michael. Whether it's Frank uh, or all those people. Yeah, all these guys, decoration and, and all and that. And everything. Stuff. The sky was the limit, and he had to me. He had this American way of thinking. We're gonna do this. Yeah, and I, and I hadn't heard that in a long time. Everybody thought that Germany. it wouldn't work. Yeah. yeah, but I haven't heard that in a long time. And that passion, I was like, damn, that's exactly. And us together then was like this explosive combination. First of all, I'm creative, chaotic, as you can see. I and Michael is very planned, and he's done this before. He takes. We like to call show business. 
show and business. Like he a, takes everything and puts it into a plan and makes it work. Yeah. And I couldn't believe Creative that. genius, but also business yes. genius. And, and I couldn't believe that we actually opened really on that first day. You know, right to the last minute, the paint was drying on the walls and I'm not going to open it. It's not perfect. We're opening, we're opening, we're arguing. No, Father, you know, Roland, we got to open it right now. I said, it's not perfect. No, we're opening right now. We opened and it, yeah. was, six, it was amazing. Amazing. It was amazing. amazing. And now when you look back at that, to what the monster that it's become, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, some of these... Uh, yeah, really cool. That's my. That's nice the stuff. first. That, that's amazing. I haven't seen this picture in a long time. Yeah. Look at that makeup. Uh, Look at me in the makeup over there. Yeah, amazing. You wouldn't yeah. even know it was you, actually. It's crazy. I mean, the makeup quality, Bill McCoy, to get him. You know, I worked with Bill McCoy when I first moved to big, big Orlando. ingredient, massive ingredient. He is the, He is a huge part of this to bring the look. Yeah. Which is, he's so talented. We invented a new type of makeup for this. He, he was amazing. He had to do all these actors in a short amount of time. I mean, no one can do that except for him. Um, and I worked with him in his haunted attraction in Orlando called Skull Kingdom. When yeah. I first moved to Orlando, I worked, that was one of my jobs. And he was my boss. You know, yeah. And I loved working there. There was only five actors. I worked there every day as much as I could. I loved scaring people. This was just crazy, this event. It was the idea about the event was, let's just do everything against the rules. Let's take everybody out of their comfort zone and just push the limit as, as hard as we can in every direction. Mayhem. Mayhem. Total mayhem. Chaos, mayhem, crazy. I mean, uh, the one, the, the show, the, I think the first show that we did together, um, every, I mean, a lot of people still say it was probably the best show they ever saw. That was an amazing I just combination. Felt, I felt like I tried to, had, had to structure somehow that just, your madness. Yeah. And that, that show was... Pro- I have to be honest, that, that show came together in everybody. a magical way. Somehow yeah. our work together worked perfectly. You were able to bring my crazy things into a form that still had this crazy, chaotic feel to it, but still had a, a way about it. Uh, yeah. And I it mean, was spectacular. It, it was magically... To, to do a first show again like that, it's, it's impossible. I mean, that was just everything coming together. The, the, the worry, the... You know, that we had a huge cast. It was new. Nobody's seen anything like this before. Now, yeah. you know, the next year you have to live up to the standard again and again and yeah, again. That's yeah, the that hard part, creates, you know? It certainly creates a lot of uh, yeah. expectations. But what a, cool, what a cool feeling to be on that ice. Because first we walk in, I thought, what the fuck do I know about ice show? I mean, but when they told me it was going to be an ice show, I'm like, I have no idea about, about ice shows. But luckily, you, you're such a cool director with that, that you didn't oh. care about breaking rules, walking on ice, spinning beds, lighting skates on fire. Well, let's just try it all. And you were with us. You were game with us. And that was a huge part, too. That show would have never worked if you weren't involved. Oh, I'm not... Uh, I mean, I wouldn't you, go as far to say that. I, I just think no, that it wouldn't have worked like that because I you, had to you just didn't try and yeah. But you also were okay with let's just try something new. Well, that's the let's, inspiration from Michael. Like surprise yeah. people, don't do don't do what people yeah. expect. And crazy enough, he gave us the creative freedom to just do it. Yeah. Well, and which where are you going to get that? Where are you going to get that anywhere else? That someone just says, "Hey, just do what you think." But you the, do. the cool thing with the horror nights, it changed every year. Yeah. And it pushed further and further yeah. and further. I mean, uh, it became what a did monster. The, what did the Germans say about the crazy Americans? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, have, couldn't have been easy at the beginning, no? Yeah. I mean, you have to imagine the resistance you meet in general. I mean, coming in with a new idea. Um, we had a lot of German workers, but I think it was really hard. We had a lot of French hand workers, you know? Yeah. People, a lot of people in France who are amazing. You give yeah. them a drawing, yeah. they'll build it better than anybody I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. But I was not like that. I wasn't presenting drawings. I was like, hey, can you build a wall? Can you? So it was a lot of chaos at first, how to work together. But we figured it out. And it was a lot of resistance, of course, because nobody believed it would work in the first year. Mm-hmm. Nobody was on our side. 
Yeah, no, I remember. Thank, thank God for the the Knights fans who came and showed up and and tried a new event. You know, thank you so much for that. And so coming after, back year after, after year after each uh, uh, event, you just went home to bed and just uh, slept night, uh, slept early or something. Or? I think the first year I didn't sleep at all. I literally think I stayed awake. I spent thirty thousand dollars in alcohol in the bar. That's why we ended up making a Vampires Club. <laughs> That's why you're here now. We're going to yeah, give you I invited, your bill. I invited the whole cast. I paid for everybody's alcohol. We played drinking games. It was called Three Man. It was like a drinking game. We put with the entire cast. It was just this big party yeah. of really hardworking people. Back yeah. then it was different, man. I was younger. So you yeah. could party all night and still work as hard the next day. Everybody felt like they were part of a bigger thing. And the actors worked as hard as they could because they wanted to not let us down. And we just awesome, tight group of people having fun doing this work. I couldn't do that today. I can tell you right now. But it was amazing. It was amazing. And it that was amazing journey, because I know about the parties. Yeah. And like you say, I, be, I believe you when you said you probably didn't sleep I didn't. throughout the whole event. Back then it was just different. And, and, but, but we had this dynamic. We'd go out and party together. We worked together. We were in the event together. The whole cast was together all the time. Is this, this, this month was like this journey people would remember forever. Like yeah. things that we did and stuff that we had. What of I course, it's not the, is that everyone that came to the Horror Nights were not at that time. They weren't Europa Park guests. Yeah. It was a whole new clientele. Which is really And then they came crazy. to Europa Park and they thought, actually, Europa Park's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. I'm going to come back during the day. I, you know, you have to imagine the risk for me to do something like this. I came from being a boy band, the poppiest mainstream thing you can imagine, into doing a horror event with metal music and rock music and dirty and gritty. And people were saying, what does he know about horror? I said, I'll show you what I know about horror. And being able to get that audience to believe But like everything I do, I was there every day. I was an actor from the beginning to the end. I trained every artist. I built the houses. They saw it was built with this love, with this idea. And you could feel it when you came in that we stood behind this in a way that was... People left going, oh my God, I can't even explain it. You have to come and see it. And that was I remember coming to the, the, uh, what did you call it? The pre-show talk. Oh, yeah. uh, Scare school. And then we had the... the, the, yeah, the one night before. But every open... night you'd be like, Phew. oh yeah, the uh, the opening meeting. Yeah, opening meeting. Well, I I'd say we we start together <clears throat> and we finish together. Everybody. Yeah. I never would, went before anybody else. I was always there. I was an actor right with them on their size in every house, walking around, checking everything, and it was this amazing feeling though. I got to tell you, I mean, when, at the end of the night, after the after the people were scared and people running into walls and because it was so scary and people calling the police because I thought people were really dying, and you sit there and go. Damn, we did it. You know, like we, we were able to do something. Well, yeah, the, the, the success of today is only because of what uh, those first couple of years. First these, couple these, of years but, to educate the people, come yeah. come to your Europa Park. Yeah, and then of course the second so that, year was harder than the first year because we had to put one more on top. We had to add something. We had to do even bigger and better and add things. And it did. And we we were able to really come up with a good working relationship mm. and able to be super creative. In the process, and I had a great team around me from America, a lot of people that I brought out here, and, yeah. and the team, okay, we understood from the first year, okay, we get that works. The greatest thing about the park, and that's why the park's successful, is that we have Michael Mack with us. When it didn't work the first night, we literally would change a whole house by the next night. Okay, that didn't work, let's change it. That's this the strength of Europa Park. You don't get that anywhere else. You just, that show uh, goes you. And, we, can, we can fail at Europa yep, Park can. as long as we put it right immediately. Yes, and that's, that's the strength. We can change things yeah. as we go to make them better. And then at the end of the first year, we knew so much that we didn't know before. But it must have been hard for you because you were also, you were performing. It was hard. You were the face of it. 
it was your name. Yeah. Um, but you're also on the radio operationally taking yeah. care of, you know, I, I remember you, yeah. you would run past your security <laughs> calling me yeah. here, there's a, there's a problem here, there's a problem here. And then, and then getting the people through the event, yeah. but then performing, staying in character, yeah. you know, a huge uh, it was crazy, but weight of responsibility. But I wanted to be involved in every part of it in the beginning. You know, later yeah. as it got bigger, you can't, you just can't do it. It's not possible. You know what I mean? Mm. But that was my baby. That was my thing, and I wanted to be involved in every piece of it. That was seven sins. Was important. Seven, seven sins. That was amazing. And I really wanted to be involved in every part of it. But later, we have to. You have to walk away from your baby as it gets bigger, and you have to be able to focus on the things that you do the best. So leave the running of the houses to some. To, we made up team leaders. Then right. they would run the house. And I would. I said, you know what? I need a team that I trust to run the house that I don't need to be there all the time. Then we had right. them running the house. Then I could focus on the show and I could focus yeah. on the streets and the art and the guests. And then I could focus on the, rock, the musical. And so we had a great team over the years behind us to help separate those things. But um, to be as, as intimate and as... You know, with your heart and every piece of it, but it wasn't, think, wasn't possible. But that, I mean, that's your that's your way. You know that you build something, you put everything into it, you succeed with it, and then you move. Yeah. You move on. Yes. Somehow, uh, you know, the, it's 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 amazing what 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 it is now, yeah. how it, how it came, yeah. but that you you reinvent yourself again. I have to. Yeah. I'm, I'm a person who. I don't think I think that everybody should have this journey in their life. I don't think anybody should ever believe they're the best. I don't think anybody should ever think. As soon as I finish something, let's say I like I win an award for the best singer. I won against Justin Timberlake, Usher, Robbie Williams. Right. At no point did I think, oh, I'm the best singer. At that point, I had another goal. Then I had this. Okay, I want to do that. Let me do a rock musical. Okay, rock musical. Let me do a new album like this. Okay, that's done. Let me join a strip group. I've always wanted to reinvent and learn something new because I find all this a learning experience, like a like a once you once you once you get challenging. You, once you get somewhere and you're successful, isn't it? Do you then get bored and you just got to change change it all up again? I don't know if it's about boredom. I don't think it's bored. I just think I'm very. Uh, I, I'm very. I always want to do something new and have a new challenge in my life. I always want to be challenged. And when things are super successful and they're running on their own, it's not challenging anymore. Right. I love it, you know, and I come back for but I want to I want to try something I haven't tried yet. I want to take the next risk and fail. Yeah. Or be successful. No, Cuz that I mean, feeling of of the night before you open, that feeling and you know this from shows. Like what we were saying yeah. about the coronavirus, you uh, there's no deadline. There's yeah. no nerve. But it, the the, the day <clears> that we open and you don't know if that show's going to fail or people going to like it. That's the yeah. best feeling in the world. I mean, it's terrifying. Terrifying. But that's the best feeling that's the best feeling in the world when it works. And that, that, when people smile coming out of your event, I think it's the, uh, you, know, you know what I'm talking about, out of the show, it's the best feeling you can have in the world that people enjoyed what you did. I mean, and, <laughs> Michael just wrote me, actually. But uh, hey, yeah. nice talking to you, too, Michael. Yeah. yeah he, no, he, I mean, he might be watching us right now. Yeah, he's probably watching us right yeah, now. And yeah. I just, I mean, it's, it's me and Michael, the journey that we've had and this, these, this friendship that we've had through the, probably some of the hardest times of my life that, by the way, Michael and his family supported me in times when no one maybe should have supported me, and always stood behind me. It was never a question from Michael. Business side, separate than these things, if he was my friend. If I ever needed anything, it didn't matter what. Michael was always there. Yeah, Michael's one of the only... You know, and since I've changed my life and I stopped drinking and hanging out with this crazy party people, I kicked all my friends out of my life. I have only a few few close friends. Um, I kicked everybody out because they just weren't good for me. But Michael's always been a constant in my life and always been there. And look, I'm back here in the park Uh, today. uh, Michael appreciates... uh a true person. 
which I think you know, is and, what, and you are you might have you might have messed it up by yeah. by alcohol uh, all these different substances nobody's perfect but so, yeah but but Michael knows you're true with your you're a truly honest yeah person even though maybe that you're messing things up at the moment yeah and but, I, I, to, I mean to be honest with you and it's not just like a normal thing to say I mean Michael's running this party. I mean, he's an important person in this party. He has so many people around him. He meets so many people. Yeah. But to take the time out, for example, if I was to write him and be like, hey, I have a problem and call me, isn't insane. Not everybody does that, something like that. Yeah, so he like is I definitely said, a true friend. Like I, I mean, said to you today, you know, that, that you've done this horror night and, and, and with Michael, but then we were walking around the park and we were going to the water park and, and, and I said, you know, can, can you believe that you are very close to and a lifelong friend for many years and it will be eternal friendship with Michael, and it's impossible to put yourself in his shoes because we've got <laughs> six million people coming through yeah, the gates. Just... And this is, okay, it's as big as a corporate company yeah. as all these, yeah. but I... it's not. It's a family company. Yeah. You can feel the difference of it, but you've got a very close relationship with somebody who has so much responsibility. Absolutely. He's... Five 5,000 employees. Yeah. How many people are living off of the success of Europa Park? I couldn't trade shoes with him. I mean, that's insane. And and the fact that that he'll call me and be like, hey, let's sit down for a last coffee. Yeah. And we could sit for 20 minutes with him, who has zero time. I mean, and he would talk, he just would talk to me about normal things. It's an awesome thing that I definitely value. And it's definitely not that anybody would really do it. He just is a guy with a heart and with a big heart for his friends and. And it didn't matter what bad situations I was in. He always stood behind me. True friend. Yeah, absolutely. But Europa, it's, the, it's the Europa Park way, you know, that yeah. uh, they, they respect the people. I mean, and, and I have to say that saying a lot, being my friend. I mean, I've done mentally crazy things that most people would be, hate me for, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I have to be honest, it's, it's hard being around me back, back then and being around someone like me who just was lost hey. and running around and being crazy and... I remember, I mean, of course, I, mean, honestly, I saw you at all the parties, you're getting pulled left, right, and center. Yeah. Every girl seems to want to have sex with you. There were, and there yeah. was. I, you don't know why they like you, women. you don't know what they, what they, they, they. Yeah, they, I mean, uh, <laughs> hey, Mark, now, yeah. I, I Googled you yesterday. No, I, don't, do, uh, don't do that. I Googled you and I put images, and um, I, everybody wants their picture with you. Obviously, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures. Every girl wants a picture with you. A lot of guys, you know, I know yeah, that crazy. when uh, I know when I walk around the park with you, I can't walk around with you and have a conversation because even even uh, a young child or uh, a father, a yeah. mother, a grandmother or or a lot of pretty girls, they want pictures with you. And. How how do you deal with that? I mean, yeah, okay. I mean, you it's are a you're life, a sex man, you symbol. Know. No, but you're a sex symbol. I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm a sex... I mean, I think... I'm not sure if it's because I'm on TV or whatever. I'm very... I don't consider myself... First of all, I forget I'm famous or something like that. I'm very normal. I walk around very normally, and a lot of people come up and ask me for a picture. I, oh, yeah, I remember I'm you know, famous or something. But, but you get stopped in the supermarket. You I get, get stopped, stopped everywhere, anywhere, but right? I, don't, I just... I live a normal life. I'm very normal. I think I'm very approachable. I think... Very. Yeah, and I think I, I'm, I think people want to have pictures of people they've seen on TV, and I think people feel like they know me from watching yeah. the docu soaps and from. Yeah. And I am really like I am on TV. I am normally. I mean, I'm not just playing a character. I think that could be something that I could be your well, friend. Well, you're true. I'm very, I'm very. You're yeah. true. Yeah, because why? I mean, what, I don't think you can last in this business if you're really playing a character your whole life. I don't know. No, it's of, fake. It'd be you weird. Get called, you yeah. get caught out. 
Yeah. You get cool tout. And, it's Gina and Lisa. Gina yeah, that's, Lisa. I mean, I think she, look, a beautiful picture of her, first of all. She's, well, uh, you know, this computer hasn't got enough memory for all the pictures of all the different <laughs> girls. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Gina Lisa, I mean, she's, she's, has, she's a really sweetheart. She has a great heart. She, I yeah. think she's put herself around some of the wrong people. I'm still friends with her today. Even Vivi's uh, You know what, I've got a feeling out because I've known you with a different, few different women over mm -hmm. the years. And it seems like uh, every ex of yours is still friends with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. That's... I, think, I, no, I wouldn't say every. I think some, some, you know, we've gone out not in the best way, but for the most part, I don't, I'm, I don't believe in fighting over nothing. I mean, it's a time, and you know what? I'm friends with everybody. I'm someone who gets along. I'm a team player. I get along with everybody. I don't see the need in fighting anybody. It doesn't make sense. Why? For what? No, I never hear you talk shit about people. No, why? You don't gain anything from it. People talk shit about me all the time. I don't care. But I mean, for me, I don't, I sleep good at night. I'm not going to go talk trash about somebody. That's between me and them. No, I, I, I mean, you've I, never heard I, me I, and Sarah talk bad about each other, ever. You never, I mean, sometimes girls say bad things about me, but in the end, I mean, even Marielle, you know, you know my ex, we had, she had a lot of things against me in the press, but now we're really good friends, and, and we talk all the time, and she's Marielle's the mom of the, of the of fourth, Brady. of your yeah. fourth child. Yes, exactly. Right? Of Brady, and, she, and now, you know, we're okay with each other, and she had those times, and I understand girls get upset, they get angry, and they say things, you know what I mean? But in the end, the real story is... Just, just how it is. It makes no sense, especially for the kids. It makes no sense. But in, in the end, after three years, the, everything's fine again. But it's not like I want to destroy someone's life or I want to be mean to somebody. That's not, I never wanted to. You're not a mean person. No, and I think it's difficult. Of course, you break up with somebody, they're, they're not going to like it. I understand that, and I don't take it personally. And I'm not, I'm not the best person in the world. You know, I've done bad, a lot of bad things in my life. Um, but yeah, but you're true, true and honest about it. You're not I, cheating. You're not. Yeah. Somehow, you're not cheating. It. You mm. know, it, you're you, who you are. You are. Yes. I also don't think that you should stay in a relationship but you don't want to be in a relationship. I mean, why? a lot of people stay because it's safer or it's, it's just something to do. I mean, there has been relationships along the way where I thought, okay, well, I, you know, I'm going to stay here for now. Yeah. No way it's going to end, but staying in a relationship just because there's nothing else better for the moment. I mean, I think everybody goes through those times. That's not the best thing in the world to do. There's but, nothing else better. Yeah, it's comfortable for now. Whatever. I, mean, I think right. everybody goes through right, those, right. those yeah, phases. Circumstances, you know? I, yeah, circumstances. I, I had terrible phases like that. Of course it's not right. But I think people go through those, those phases. You get older, you learn things. I mean, I, I haven't treated, you know, I mean, I, I knew a lot of girls that I wasn't in love with, and I broke up with them because of that. And that's probably hard for a lot of them to take, you know? Yeah. But I, it's, for me, a person who loves my, my life, not my, my music, someone who loves being on stage, the girls always ask me to, to choose them over this almost, that, that they have to be more important than the stage. And I, that's not important to me. They're both the same. Right. Not, no one's, you can't tell me to choose between them and music because they're both on the same level. But when you do something, you do it all out. Yes. Whether it's maybe with your women, no. maybe with your porn. Well, I do it all out with my... <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm loving. No, but I mean, I, they I just... They don't call me Big Jim Slade for no reason, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, they don't call you too Big Jim Slade. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> they've, they've literally never called you Big Jim Slade. That's big, right? No, is that, but... Is that... Yeah, that's good. On a, on a scale of one to ten. <laughs> no, but I mean, uh, that's what I've always appreciated about your performance. You're just, you're an emotional person. Yeah, I, I, I do believe that you can cry. I'm yeah. sure you cry in movies, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I, and, I mean, I, I am that guy, but I can't imagine not being that emotional with what you do. No, but you're an actor as well. Yeah. So you can. It. Yeah, of course I can. And I, but but you take yourself back to a place yeah. in, in those movies when you cry. <clears throat> when you cry in a movie or in a music video, I'm really crying in those moments. Yeah. And, and no, I, I think I, I cry on stage sometimes. I when I'm hey, happy I, on stage. But I had a I had a couple of tears when you sung that. 
Oh yeah, man! It's not oh. a great, it's not a great picture, dude. I love. I, you know what? I love this moment in the show. This was a this was a life changing moment for me. Definitely, this scene was so beautiful. How you put the bed on there, I, I think Adrian is amazing to work with. Um, but just in the song, you know, we wrote everything has always had to do with music in my life. You know, you yeah. see that I, I incorporate music into everything I do, whether it's a rock musical or whatever. So it gives you the, the it yeah. tells the story, and right? You see, and you see the difference. Yeah. When you put a song in like this how it changes the atmosphere of the show, how music affects everybody. It was the most beautiful. I was, I was on the edge of the ice. With, uh, the, whole, the whole ice was covered with uh, low fog. Yeah, and yeah. So it looked like the bed was floating. Yeah, it was amazing. And, and you and Adrian uh, were there, and it, and it was just... It was just one of those moments. I'm getting chills. Yeah, just me too. Really, totally, I get yeah, chills. The, the, the yeah. Because you just... Because suddenly you think... Fuck, you know, as, uh, when you're working in, in shows or, or in a performance where you want to share an emotion mm-hmm. with people and you just think, that is it. Yep, Every single person is feeling it. Yes. And, and, that's, and I remember there's this, nothing this better than that. drunk, crazy, rock and roll crowd, horror fans were quiet or crying during some of the scenes. that yeah. we, In the third year of the ice show, remember, where there's really dark moments in the shows and people were crying, man. They were quiet. They were totally quiet and crying. And yeah. they were really, sh- we were really sharing these moments together they were really part of the story and that's that's amazing that's what i live to do that's what you live to do and it's cool that we were able to really share this with our audience you know for them to have those moments with us cry with us and that's what we do entertainment for that's the, i i uh no, it gives me chill i really have chills it's crazy uh, <laughs> i i called her today and said you know because it. uh i love it because we're gonna her. work together again yeah that's for sure and uh, i called her and uh who was probably throughout the horror night she was your sort of not I mean, you weren't in a relationship no. with her, but she was your love interest. Yes. Many, many and, times. And, and this is the most important part in a love story. You have to find the girl to match the main character. Yeah. That is the perfect woman. That is not overdone, not too much for the audience, that, that connects to the audience. That we share this love story on stage, but backstage we're professional friends. And yeah. to find that is hard because a lot of times when you're in a production, the girl likes you. And if you have a girl like you in a production, it becomes something different than what it's supposed to be for the show. It's not professional. A lot of people, oh, you fall in love with a girl for real. No, you have to find the right dynamic. And finding that that character to play opposite you in any movie. Not easy. No, and and, I mean Mm. movies, they cast for years to find the right people to be together to share that moment that you believe. Chemistry. Chemistry. And that is what we have. And that's that's something that I value. And and she's a really good friend of mine, definitely. Mm. And when we're on stage together, we have these... um, you know, magical moments together. And it's funny because we never thought about ever being in a relationship together or something. It was never like that. It was and I uh, can never believe no. that. Yeah. One of the prettiest girls I know. Ever. And it, and it just we were just this <clears throat> this love story on stage and we went home, we went out and we were really good friends with each other, but we we never had off stage let's get together and do something. Which is a cool yeah. which is great to have because it makes it very uncomplicated to work with. And you can be very... I uh, called her today and said, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Because he'll tell me. <laughs> she's amazingly beautiful. She's great. And she's, yeah. she's the right amount to everything. And that's, that, she's one in a million to find. For this, yeah. without that part, definitely. Because in my shows too, I'm not, you know, I'm, this, I'm somebody who's a star of a show, but I'm not the main, you know, the person that everybody's looking at, the connection to the audience. I'm the celebrity in the show, but those characters are more important. The chins That is was telling a the, story. That was, yeah. that, that was... And I mean, we told a love story in the middle of a horror event, an extreme horror event, and people were taking chainsaws and cutting people in half. Yeah. And they sat there and watched it and loved it. I mean, you, you see that, that... And I tell you, I tell everybody the same thing always. If you find the heart, you find the audience. It doesn't matter if it's horror. It doesn't matter if you find that love story, if you find that heart piece, yeah. you will find the audience. 
No, I loved, I loved watching that. That gave me, that gave me chills. It gave me a tear because yeah. I just felt this huge love between you. Yeah, and which was, which was a performance. Yeah, but it was such a strong performance that I believed it. Yeah, and I know you, and I know her. Yeah, and yet it's funny, that, right? Yeah. that you put this together, but then when you're on stage, you are that person, and you are carrying that. the pain. Yeah of that person yeah, and you see the song that we wrote for it and yeah and and the belief i have in that song and to be able to put that song and tell a story in a show is just the ultimate everything you know yeah and i i just you know writing music for this was so much easier than writing an album like a normal album because you're writing for a reason you're writing for what a feeling about, what about uh yeah hey 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 this is right here this is right here this picture is right here this, this is, so, is right here this is so good. Retur returning to yeah. the scene of two crimes scene of a hundred crimes yeah. we shot two music videos here uh, and this yeah. night, afraid, are you afraid of the dark? And this is Billie Jean. And I mean, what other park is going to let you take over a street, put whatever you want in it, and, and come, we came up with the idea of taking these newspapers, that, hundreds of newspapers, and blowing them through like a fan and just blowing them all over you the street. You had like that aircraft fan. Yeah, um, remember? Yeah. That uh, huge one. Yeah. It was I, anything I, we wanted to do. They were like, yeah, let's do it. And look, look, at the, look what it looks like. It looks amazing. Look at the set. And I have to tell you that this, I've done most of my music videos here in the park. And this is definitely not the last videos that I've done here in this park. Cool. Yeah, well, we'll, I have a lot of cool plans. We'll hold you to that. Absolutely. We'll hold you to that. Um, I, we, we can't talk about the Horror Nights about speaking about your team. We haven't, we haven't got Bill, yeah. who was obviously, but one of the Rat Pack, one of the Rat Pack. Yeah, um, Jason, cool I love this guy. Yeah. Jason was, first of all, amazing guitar player. Mm -hmm. That's another guy who believed every minute of everything. You, the people, people I chose had the passion for the production and also had the passion for what they did on stage. They yeah. were all these amazing, passionate people. When you get a group of people like that together, it becomes magical. That's just... And but that, was, that's not here. No, is this, is, this is a horn ice that we did in... I had an event in... Uh, Hanover, Boston, no? in Hanover, yeah. yeah. And we did a horn ice there. Um, we've also done it in, in some other things. Of course, How it's did not that feel like, after... after the, you know, the, the story with Michael, yep. obviously, because the yep. Horror Nights grew out of your friendship, out of your love for each other yep. and respect for uh, each other. But then, but then you leave your upper park and then you do, you try to start it again mm -hmm. in a different city, yep. educate new guests, yep. you know, because we certainly you, grew up a fan base here, yeah, that, that's, which that's still a, lives a very today. difficult and different thing. You don't have the power of the Royal Park behind you. You don't have the heart of this park that's built. We were building a new location and it was very hard in the beginning. It became super successful. Yeah. Um, and we then ended up um, stopping actually running it like a, like a lot, mm -hmm. and we just turned it into a hol one Halloween party. Right. Because the power from from the team here to help you support you with that yeah. event makes it much more enjoyable. And running it like that is just chaos, hard. You you lose the 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 just being the actor, just being uh, the yeah. I think I think here it was the bond. Mm -hmm. The first thing that really glued yeah. you together, which yeah. and everybody and just, would stay up, stay up all night. How can we make this not better? Not just for that; our it guests? just it just fits here. It just yeah. You know, what I, mean? I mean, of course, it, it it works other places. It's a very different thing. It, yeah. You can't compare this to this. It's no. two totally different events. Yeah, yeah, it's similar with certain things, but it's it. No matter where you go with a horror event like this, it's going to be very different than here. This. Yeah. This is his own thing you can never recreate anywhere else. Well, I mean, we're, we're on the border of, uh, we're very close to France. Yeah. But I, I don't know what percentage, is it 20 or 30 or even 40% French people come over? Yeah, which is crazy, this. yeah. They, they, we, had to they, get, we had to get French-speaking security. 
Yeah. Because there were so many French people out here causing problems. Every yeah. <laughs> causing a lot of problems. Yeah, but I, but I had to be honest with you. I mean, for that kind of crowd, like this rock crazy, out of control crowd, everybody's pretty pretty okay. I mean, it was a pretty it was a pretty out of control, crazy, didn't know what was going to happen event. But I mean, it ran pretty smoothly. We didn't have any major problem. Nothing besides besides the occasional girl running into a wall because she was so scared of knocking herself out or something. I right. Mean, or people calling the police because they thought people were dying. I think there was just as much uh, uh, mayhem in the bar. After the event, right? I think there was more mayhem in the bar. Yeah. After the event, it was like its own horror movie. <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, I mean, yeah. we look back. Uh, I would. I was gonna say nobody died, but I'm just saying that that it was good, clean fun, yes. even though that it uh, it did include it did include alcohol and yeah, it was yeah, uh, super late or something like that. It was all planned like in the right way. The concepts were great. Even the houses were super safe. I mean, everything yeah. was made that you can come here, forget, enjoy, and not have to worry about are you safe or not. I mean, you worried. Right. That was the great about having Love wow. Act. But when you left, people couldn't make it through the house. They were crying. And they get on the street and they laugh. Yeah. That was amazing. You know, yeah, they try the house again. They didn't run they, out. They didn't run out and say, I can't do it. I'm going home. No. No, they, they just said, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to try it. And, yeah. Or they didn't make it through and they come out after crying and they're laughing and they try it again. Right. That's a cool moment to have. Yeah. Until we oh. took that away and then we made it so that you can't go anywhere without anybody's care. Right. But when, when you talk about you went to Hanover, I am just, I am just amazed uh, about how you just don't stop reinventing yourself, yeah. doing something different, and then giving your unbelievable passion and power to another uh, yeah. project. Oh, my God, man. That was, I have to be honest with you, that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. And yeah. that was, I'm so happy I did it because I said I would never do Jungle Camp. Right. I was like, there's no way I'm going this thing. And honestly, I told the press I'm going there for the why, money. Why? You went there for I the said, money. I told the press I'm going there for the money to pay off my debt. Right. And I'm going to I'm gonna say, take me out of here. I'm a celebrity after the first week just to get out and enjoy the now, hotel. How, how long were you there? I actually ended up staying 16 days and I won. So, well, I know you and I won. didn't even go to win. I, right. I, I wanted to be there, but being in there, you're stuck in there, facing really panic, worry, and and being at the edge of your like, can I do this? Yeah. When you achieve one of these trials and you make it through the trial, because first of all, you can't prepare for this. You're you stand in front of a hole in the ground. People see it on TV. We don't see anything. You're standing in front of a hole and they say it's dark. It's going to hurt. Uh, you could get hurt down there. Good luck. Right. And you're crawling down some small hole into the dark where all these creatures are, where there's alligators and snakes and spiders, and you have no idea what's going to come, and you don't even know if you can do this. You're really at, like, panic. Right. And, and I, I just thought, okay, i got to get to that first star. You have to collect these stars. And maybe if I get to the first star, I can try to get the second one. And then you kind of work your way through. You can't prepare for this, but when you succeed at one of those trials, it's the best feeling in the world. You have... You know, I'm not... I'm not... I'm not a big fan of uh, reality uh, shows like this, but I'm not surprised at all that you won it because you're, I was like you say, you are, you present yourself. You don't play a role. Yeah. And then... I was some super of these, surprised. I, I didn't think I was interesting yeah, enough or something. You know, I'm I was not, friends with everybody. I was trying to make it fun, you know, for everybody. Because you're open and honest and you're not pretending. You yeah. don't pretend. Now, now you, here, you cannot pretend. These right. cameras are on you for 24 hours a day. If, you have a, if you're an actor... By the second day that you're not eating. But I think if you go there to win, you're not going to win. Because so you're too, pretending. Maybe. Yes. You're pretending. And I think yeah. you, with Mark Terenzi, you don't get, you don't get a performance. No. You don't get a fake No, because you know what? If I, presentation. Fail, if I fail at something because of me, I don't, I'm okay with it. But if I, if I played something and then I failed at it and I thought, hey, maybe I should have been, my, I couldn't deal with that. But, but this in general, no matter if you're a fake person or not, you cannot fake this. You are just stuck in the middle of the 
deepest jungle. There's spiders crawling over your face. You're you're stuck in a, really out of out of contact with the world. No and social media. You've got you, you've you got no talk phone to anybody. With you. Nobody talks to you. You're just left there, really in the middle. Of the, my my management lied to me and told me, hey, it's in a set somewhere. Some and we're flying with helicopters two hours, walking with the special forces through the through the forest, and we're just left in the middle and nothing to talk to anymore. Did you get in shape for it or? How do you get in you... shape for that? I'll tell you the hardest thing too is being in a camp with a bunch of girls who don't eat, don't sleep. That's like the hardest thing you can ever deal with in life because they get moody and crazy. And, but they were like my TV, you know? I had, right. I had fun with everything. It was like camping for me. It was another challenge. But then somehow I got addicted to it. And yeah. the second week I did every trial. I did the second most trials at all. And, and you know what else I heard about jungle camp? I'm one of the only people who was not taking some sort of medication. Yeah. I was, yeah. Like, I guess everybody's mental. I have no idea. And they told me I was within 15 minutes of the actual time. I yeah. said in camp, you know, it's our camp. We have to make it home. We have to make it comfortable that we want to come somewhere. At least we have a comfy place to come back to after these terrible trials. Right. And you walk for like hours through the woods to go to these trials. Mm-hmm. Then you get all muddy and you have to walk all the way back. I mean, it was hard. And I kept myself busy in the camp. I always wanted to do things. I made games. I made dice on the side. I carved wood to make dice and we were playing games. They didn't show any of that in the thing. But we had a great time in there. Yeah. And everybody was really in a good dance. We were this team. We called it the La Familia Grande, you know, that everybody was this big team together. And we were all, and I haven't seen that dynamic any other time. Well, and what, when, you, and when you win and you come back out, what, what is, um, I, first of all, I did, what's the reaction? I just wanted to see how far I could get, right? And then you win and you're standing in the camp and you just don't even realize what happened. And then you're, you've got no idea. You've got no access to. Uh, no, you don't even know how they look at you. You don't even know if anybody likes you and stuff. I found out I won by like ninety, by like seventy nine percent of the voters since the third episode, which is crazy because I didn't yeah. think I was interesting enough for people. Right. And you get out there, and then you get. I didn't even see Australia. Really, I was just in the jungle for sixteen days. And then I, I was living in the jungle for sixteen days. Then I just got out, got on a plane, went back, and there was interviews, and everybody started talking about the show. I just was like, this is crazy, but it was. For my career, amazing because yeah. people watch me on TV every Gave day. Give it a, a new yeah. impetus. and a lot no? of people go to Jungle Camp. They don't have other things they do, but this was a great promotion platform for my music. Right. All of a sudden, kids knew me again, which was really crazy. You know, yeah. I never expected to win this. I would have to tell you, this is the best thing I've ever done. When I came out of there, I realized I could fucking do anything. Yeah. And it changed a lot of stuff in my life. I was like, I really made it through a really hard thing. And you come out with this feeling like I really achieved something, which I haven't had often in my life. Are you, are you in any way competitive? I'm competitive, definitely, but not like yeah. that. I don't do everything to win. What's your... Are you sportive? Like, do you, do you play yeah. tennis? Or no, I mean, I play... was a two-time national champion in Taekwondo. Yeah. I was on the volleyball team. I was, a, I was a head of one of my volleyball teams. I did actually did cheerleading when I was in high school. Everybody that's was not, like, everybody was like, that's not easy. oh, Terenzi cheerleading. Oh, yeah, loser. He likes men and stuff like that. And I was like, what? I'm like, I'm on a team with like 14 women and you're a oh, wrestler I, I on a team with all guys. You know what? Saying that you like men, I think in this business... You have to appreciate the beauty of a man just as much as a woman. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll try everything you know, I want. <laughs> or twice. I don't think it makes a difference. I, no, I not at all. It gives a shit. I, for me, I don't even care. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of different types of people. I don't care. Right. So, and I have to so that honest, gave you a whole new... And if you've ever been to Thailand, I mean, she's some pretty hot men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then that, that sort of just fired up the Torrance Yeah, all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden after many years... Also for myself personally. I mean, you're stuck with yourself in there with no self. I mean, you have to deal with yourself in a very... I knew I could just do fucking anything after that. Right. And I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to try a new challenge. I'm going to do something. If I can do that, I can do anything again. You know, it got me that fire again when it mm-hmm. came out. And then 
my brand, my, of course, everybody knew me and thousands of people were coming to my shows and my, my, the money that I was making was much, much higher and everybody wanted me on every TV show. For years, still people talk about Jungle Camp. I got a feeling that, uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, I got a feeling that money doesn't matter to you at all. No, it doesn't. No, I think you've made a lot of money. You've lost a lot of money. Yeah. You've made a lot of money again. You know, you know, I like money because it makes things nicer. But I literally would rather live on the street doing something I love than have right. all the money in the world doing something I hate. I am. Uh, money means absolutely. Having not heard you say that, I knew to expect you to say that. Absolutely, because I've made it. I've had no money been happy. Yeah. But of course, money makes life happier. And I would, I would do anything to to make sure that I have a good life and for my kids and stuff and enjoy. Mm. I want to enjoy. I want to go around and do things. But I'm more likely to take my money and put it into my next event, or right. buy new stuff to do more music, or that's yeah. what I would do with my money. New cool guitar. Yeah, or go on an adventure with my kids, or. But then after after Jungle, where did you go then? So after Jungle, I was I I left Jungle and you know right before I went to Jungle, I made a decision because everything I just no one wanted to book me. You know, I mean, I wasn't really interesting for people anymore. I was kind of like this loser, you know, kind of, you know, at least uh, as people saw me in the press. All this Did you think it was done? Stuff, what? Did you think it was done? My the career? Terenci, no. Uh, no, I just needed to figure no, out what I was going to do next. You know, no. I figured I, there's always something you can do, no matter what, you know? There's yeah. millions of things that I could all find something to do. But um, I thought, okay, then came up this idea of the six-packs. That was before Jungle Camp. Oh, 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 okay. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm okay. one away from that. But... Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey? Okay, so... So, um, yeah, I came up with this idea of Six Packs. Six Packs called me and said, hey, you know, we'd love it if you'd be the singer in our show. And I was like 35 pounds bigger than I was. I mean, I was overweight, totally out of shape and everything else. And I said, what the hell am I going to do in a men's strip show? You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, look at me, you know, that kind of thing. And, and you know what they said? They said, come see the show first, and then we talk about it. And I saw the show, and I was like, this show is amazing. Like, the lighting, the dancing, the, 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 it was just amazing. You know what I mean? And I was like, I want to do this. But you know me. I'm going to do it 1,000%. I'm not going to do it all. I yep, told them, I'll do it, yep. but I'm also going to strip. Right. First show was six weeks away, and I was 35 kilos more. And I literally trained every day, two hours in the morning, two hours at night, every day for six weeks without a break with a perfect Is this the time where plan. you were eating? Uh, I was just eating meat six meat. times a day. And this is where you said that you, you, were, you were in great shape, but you maybe weren't healthy. Yeah, I was in great shape. but I, I, you know, I, I mean, it got me into this great shape, but I felt, we, you know, I felt weird. And, yeah. Yeah, and you can see I went from... Being this, I have pictures from before and after. It's crazy. I really changed my body. And it was the best decision I made in my life. To get yeah. super healthy, change my body, take those six weeks to kill myself. I hated it. The second week was horrible. But now it's part of my life and I love it. I how, feel do, how do you feel? Like you've, and, done, you've done some amazing, amazing, really high profile, big shows. You know, and then uh, how do you feel when they say, oh, you're a stripper now? Everybody said, oh, you're a stripper. And that right. time, at that time, I was like, hey, whatever these people are talking about me because no one was talking about me before. You know? And then I was like, the show was crave, so good. Do you crave people talking about you? Yeah, I, I think it's a part of what I do. I think it's yeah. important to be kind of the name, you know, for people. To, if nobody talks about you, then, you know, I also entertain for people. I don't entertain for myself. Mm. I don't sit at home thinking that I want to look at myself in the mirror playing guitar. or I, I want to play music no one wants to hear. Right. That's not what I, I want to entertain a crowd. I want to do it for the people. And I want people to enjoy it. I want people to come to my shows and I want them to like what I do. That's maybe a sickness that we all have in a yeah. way. But definitely I want people to talk about me. And I thought, okay, well, at least I'm going to get in shape again. And maybe, you know, through the fitness, it got my power back. It got mm -hmm. all these other things going that I didn't think. The show was great. Super successful. I think when you feel good about yourself, yeah, and it maybe that's another thing feel too. so much better Because I kind of hated myself else. before that. I was right. out of shape and stuff like this. And this gave me back this, I'm back again, you know? And it was hard to strip, I got to be honest with you, to 
deal with a girl on stage, to be able to make the show nice for her and present yourself to her, make it good for her on the stage and the people who are watching it, that's an art in itself that took me like a year to be comfortable with. Right. But I learned so much about performance at this. I was also the singing part of the show, but I also stripped the first time. I'm fucking stripped. I really stripped, really stripped. Because everybody wanted, oh, oh, take cool. off your clothes, take off your clothes. And I did. And people accepted it. And it became mainstream all of a sudden, which I didn't expect to happen. To the point that six years later, we were on tour. I mean, sold out tours, totally huge. People love it. It, it became huge success. a huge brand, a huge success. Yeah. And the shows got so amazing. And they, I mean, there were shows that guys would come and see and be like, that's an awesome show. Mm. You know, with just music, band playing, not just stripping. But it, was, it was like more like a, like a, variety show with artists and in stripping of course it's sexy yes and then we ended up at mega park in mallorca and i think that was the picture yes mega park in mallorca right never in a million years first of all would i think i would be in mega park in mallorca i started that doing djing stuff right, right. Like, what the fuck am i gonna do here my manager said go there and try it so i went there and i just sang and they're like is he singing live and i'm like yeah he's turning on the music oh my god he's singing live okay they gave me a position and i had to fight my way for people to kind of listen to me there but i could sing which is very different from America. Yeah. Then slowly people started liking me there and, and, and all these other kinds. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I had my own show there and stuff. Then we went there with a the strip show, which right. I was like, this is going to be insane because these are drunk, you know, German, out of control. Oh, nuts. I mean, totally. It's the hardest stage in the world. Right. If they don't like you, they're going to boo you off. Shaggy was booed off. They threw bottles. Out. I mean, if they don't like you, they're going to hate you, right? All of a sudden, we had the arena filled with women getting dressed up nice for the first time, going to this place where normally they drink and go crazy, loving the show. Guys found out the girls were there. Guys came too. We had like 40% men. Then everybody was coming to our show. We had the number one show. Guys were coming. Girls were coming. Great show. Guys were fans of six packs. I was like, never in my wildest dreams would I think I would have a men's strip show in Mega Park being like one of the number one shows that they had. I, <laughs> it's insane. I mean... I, I, I'm just... Nothing would surprise me. I wouldn't yeah. say. I wouldn't say anything. What did you say the other day? That oh, one you said today, or uh, yeah. when we were talking, you said, "I will never ever be the president of the United States." Who fucking knows? <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> Who knows? You never know. No, yeah. because because yeah. you're you're honest. If I okay, to, that I could. doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd be better than Ken West. I mean, Jesus Christ. Well, I think he's having a few. Um, uh, uh, yeah, but I mean, I mean also another thing too with, with my stripping and making into the show more of a really show show. Mm. I mean, if you go to any cabaret, if you go to like France, I mean, the show is sexy too. But yep. <clears throat> turning into this art thing, I, I didn't, didn't expect it to be so mainstream that people would talk about it so mainstream and be totally okay with it. Be like, oh, Mark's a stripper and like it. That yeah. was really weird. I mean, for people to accept it and be like, well, that's awesome. Cool. A lot of, lot of pressure on keeping because you say this is it's it's hard for any uh any woman any man when you're stripping uh your your body is your costume yeah do you feel a lot of pressure for that because of there must have been alcohol there must have been alcohol of course i was alcohol alcohol excess too but right. it was different because we did fitness also so you, yeah you drink i mean i also had some some bad times but you couldn't do it i mean you're still in fitness so you're at least doing something before right. rock and roll you just drink sleep go on stage and drink some more yeah. so at least this had to do with fitness still you eat good you were with a bunch of guys. You had a two and a half hour show at night, so it was much more fit. Of course, you were drinking and stuff like that too in between, but that got me much into a much healthier lifestyle in general because you can't do a ninety show tour. I think out of all the all the years I've uh, known you, I think, with my opinion, I think you're in a better place than you've ever been. I, I agree. Like, I feel uh, better than I have know, in my life. You've still got the power, the energy. I feel like of I have creation. more, but I feel like I have more power now. Yeah, but and I and I feel it, but I feel that you're totally centered. Yeah, you know, uh, certainly during the horror nights, at some point, maybe maybe with that, I felt that you were, uh, you know, 
uh, on the edge yeah, could go either over, way. Yeah, absolutely. Alcohol, absolutely. Where, where I had maybe a really hard problem with alcohol excess. That yeah. really got to the points where you know I wasn't sure if I could continue or not. Or you know, and to get away from this alcohol, the really thing. I mean, a lot of my my friends don't make it. You know, you have Avicis who kill themselves or people like this. I mean, people just don't make it in this industry. They yeah. feel responsible for the fun every night. And when you when you drink the night before and then you come down, how do you get back up there again to be yeah. excited for the next yeah. night? You drink more and everyone's drinking. It's hard to come out of that circle. People are still stuck in it. I feel bad for them. And um, you need to take time off. And you need to take a lot of time off. It doesn't happen in two weeks. It doesn't happen in a month. You need months mm-hmm. off. Yep. And I just decided, you know what? I'm going to stop. You have to decide for yourself. I've been to clinics before. I've been to rehab. Because other people wanted me to go maybe. Right. So I never really fixed myself. In uh, if you don't I got accept worse it yourself, yes. you're not going to. Not- and so one day, I just said, you know, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. And if I don't like it, I'm going to go back and be even worse than I was before. Right. And who cares what happens? But after some months, I like it so much that I never went back. You would, you will always, you just, you need the time off. It's like you've lost all the bad shit. Yeah, it's crazy. And retained the good shit. It's crazy because I never thought I wouldn't feel weird. I thought it would feel weird forever. I couldn't, it was weird for some months. Yeah. But I became vegan, which helped. Yeah. This definitely helped with my regeneration. I feel great. I have so much more energy. I... Stop drinking completely. I don't go out to clubs with my friends. I mean, what am I going to do out there? You know what I mean? Kind of thing. It's not for me anymore. I've become very healthy. And I thought by being vegan, you might lose the power. I have so much more power. After some, it feels really weird for a lot of months. You need like a lot of time off. After like four or five months, you start having this energy. So you your brain starts working in a way that you just forgot you had. You know what else was really weird? And this is really how, how strange this is. I forgot what it felt like to have the sun on my skin on a, sun, on a sunny day, what it felt like. I forgot what it felt like to smell a fireplace burning. I forgot what food tastes like. These are yeah. things you have during addiction that you forget. So then all of a sudden, I'm experiencing these things new again. And it became exciting to be like... But did you, you, had, you had the wherewithal, the knowledge... I'm in a real fucked up place. I've got to get out of this. I knew it for years, but I, you just don't want to get out. It's easier to stay fucked up and at the bottom of the stairs. It's just easy. But what about all your, your friends? Not, because they don't actually want you to get better. They want you to no, stay drunk, no. Mark, and, they're and not drunk, crazy. They're not your friends. They, no, want, not your they friends. want you to watch you fail because, you know what I mean, they feel better about themselves. And well, Your real friends are not going to give you alcohol, give you drugs, and take you out to parties. No. This is not. What, what kind of friends are those? No, but it was the people that you were turning with. Yeah. That you were, yes, your true friends are just saying, Hey, pull back from this. But at the yeah. end, at the no end of the day, no one can stop me anyway. You may, yeah, yeah. Nobody can stop you but, either way. But I mean, I mean, no one around you. You need to just. No matter what anybody did anyway, I wouldn't have. You know what I mean? I wouldn't really. Have, but I. You have to take the decision. You have to leave everything. You have to get rid of your environment. You have to change all your friends. To be honest, mm-hmm. then you need to really take a hard look at yourself. Take time off, and then decide what you want to do. But over that time, and you need to do fitness. Fitness is really important. Mm-hmm. Fitness gets your brain working. You get to regenerate, and you need to be healthy. For the fertile. And then over that time, you will find out what you want. Your brain will start working again. And you'll be like, oh, I, didn't even, I forgot about this. I forgot about that. You'll be, it's like a little kid again, experiencing stuff again for the first time. And so, so I'm, I'm, I'm and a huge, to be honest, a huge, as a friend, I'm tro- totally, I'm loving seeing, I've spent two days with you now. Yeah. And I'm loving seeing you because you are just, just as creative, just as, just such an engaging personality, which you can't stop. And you're happy, but you're centered yeah. as well. And you're healthier than I've ever, ever known you. Yeah, I know. You've known me at some really That's bad really times. Cool. I mean, you guys yeah. have known me when I was falling off stages. and so, I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I had some bad times in between. You know, the pressure of, of performing and, 
in and so, when you when you have something bad and uh, it's just it's, it's it it was a hard time. But I'm but but again at some point I met a doctor once who just said to me I'm not going to send you to a clinic. What are you going to do a clinic? I'm like yeah no, I'm going to go out and get drunk. Go out and get drunk whatever. Right. And I came back the next week. He's like yeah I'm not going to send you whatever. Just keep going on. Next day I get back. He said why do you keep coming back? Yeah. I said because I, I know it's bad. I feel bad about it. Yeah. He said look you survived. You're alive. Who cares what happened in the past? Everybody's looking to the past. What's wrong with me in the past? Forget about the past. You're here now. What are you going to do in the future? And that changed a lot of my thinking. It's true. You've never written me. a book, right? What? You've never written I'm a book. Go- I want to, I'd love to write a book, yep. Definitely. No, because, because I think it's an inspiration not only for artists, for people going through diff- difficulties in their lives, yep. that, that you're a testament somehow yep. to, to your self-control realizing it, doing something about it, coming out at the bottom, uh, at the other end, in yeah. great shape, but it's, with, with so much. I mean, where, what's, what's, next? what's next for the Mark yeah. Terenzi yeah. Uh, real, brand? Real quick to the other thing, that, that's a hard thing to really look at yourself in the mirror and realize how fucked you are. That's mm. the first step, and that's really hard yeah. to do. It, on the other thing, I do help friends in the same situation through this and getting to recovery and helping them in the private thing. And right. I would love to help more people if I could, you know? And so my girlfriend as well is a huge part of this. She doesn't drink. She supports me. She helps people as well. And I think helping other people, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, there I love this girl. When I look at her, I just smile. I mean, we were meant to be together somehow. We found each other. We were meant to be together. And yeah. she's a real big part of all these things that I, that I do. Um, she, is, she is exactly the person I need on my side, the strong woman. What do they say? Behind every great man, there's an even greater woman. Yeah, right? and that's absolutely right. Because yeah. I never thought I would meet a girl. It can be dreams. the other way around, yeah. you know, great yeah. man and supporting yeah. a woman who's the. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I mean, in her business, she is top. You yeah. know what I mean? And so, but I mean, t- thinking that at, at 42 I'd find the girl in my dreams. Right. It's, I never. I thought it was over for me. Yeah. But I found her when I just was egoistic for the first time in my life and saying, you know, I'm going to do what's good for me. Yeah. And I was okay with myself. And that's when I found her. You're not, not when you're looking for her. Yeah. When you're well, okay with yourself, amazing things happen. And so going into the future, like, yes, you know, what do you want to do you know, in the future? Well, first of all, my, I have so many new goals and so much more energy now. Like I've been reborn in a way, you know? Yeah. Um, creatively, I have a lot more. I, you know, I just stopped having ideas, stopped thinking at some point. But now I, have, I see a lot of new steps a lot of new things I'm thinking about a lot of things at the same time my ADHD has come back in such a great way you know and what I, 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 what I like the idea I mean you've got this history at Europe Park yeah. I don't want to say you history. started at Europe Park because you most certainly didn't start at Europe Park but, but a lot you started, of started a new you st- a lot of things started you started a, a new part of your life yeah. at Europe Park uh, definitely and I, I think all, all of the people certainly if, if they're watching this and listening to you mm-hmm. I mean certainly we, we get to see the true you, and I think all of the all of the people that have supported you through the years, yeah. knowing that you're messed up, yeah. knowing that you're going yeah. through difficulties because they hear you get drunk and God, I don't know what shape he was in and the Vampires Club and all this stuff. Crazy. But I think somehow uh, you've got to come back to your fans at Europe Park and show yeah. them, hey, exactly. now I'm back. Yeah, and I think I I definitely think that this is anyway a part of. This is always going to be a part of my life, Euro Park. Part of the journey. And part of the journey. And I think a lot of things have to do with timing. Things yeah. are meant to be at a certain time and a certain whatever. And I think like right, you, like right now is a great time to be back here. Yeah. I feel amazing being here. Um, and I see the potential of doing some, some great things in the future again, obviously. Well, and I mean, the next, the next year, 
I think we have to dream. I think we have Absolutely. to dream. Um, we've got to hopefully look op optimistically about the COVID stuff. Yeah, and I think know? I think a good example of these kind of things too is that the COVID is just sh it's just a hard to shitty for everybody, you know. Mm. But there are ways that you can entertain still. You have to be creative. You have to be new. You have to try new things. There are new ways always of entertaining. Always try to ways of bringing different things to the public in a safe environment in a good yeah. way. Hey, uh, I mean, it needs people like you actually because. We are, I think we are forced to be creative yeah. of how can we entertain, because people yeah. want to be entertained. They, they, they miss this. Yeah. They know that it will be complicated for us to do what we did before. Yeah. Certainly, over the next, uh, certainly over the next six months, a year, it will be complicated. Yeah. So people like yourself will come up with great ideas and, I can tell you, and surprise the people. I can tell you there's always a way to entertain, no matter what. There's always a way. There's always a creative solution to everything. Well, I think you're a very endearing person. And <laughs> Just, I, think, I think people will want... Yeah. And I think certainly the Europa podcast will be interested to see... Absolutely. And, and see you in a better place. And they'll feel it. They'll I, feel I think it. Gonna, I think they're going to meet a new me. Maybe, probably the real me. You know, after so many years, I've really just found myself. I, I feel like, yeah, but and the I, real you is all of that yeah, history behind yeah. you. And I think this, this me, I think I can present them something new, something different, and, and really they get to, to meet a new side of me and a really powerful side of me. But I have to be honest with you. I mean, being back in the park is super inspirational for me. Yeah. This brings back all of this creativity that I had in the years before, and I have. I mean, you know me. I have such crazy ideas for the future, and I mean, the things we talk about, being around Michael, being around the park. I think is definitely leading to to some new. Well, it's a paradise to to dream and, and dream have big. the opportunity yeah. to do something really cool because the, the guests are their expectation yeah. is there and you always exceed it. And you can't and you can't imagine you know being locked up in Corona for months and stuff. What kind of ideas I have, man? Scared of that. You should be, <laughs> Mark. Yeah. Until we do. The conspiracy theories. Yes, we're definitely going to do conspiracy theories. Hey. There's a lot of other stuff. I really enjoyed this. It's good. I could talk like this for days. So yeah, It's know, cool to just let things out and talk about things and be real. I love it. I love it. Honestly, and I know you, and I think that uh, if, if people are watching this, they'll, they'll just say, you know what? It's, it's not about being forgiven because you're not asking for, forgi uh, no, no. Uh, uh, for anyone to forgive you because you don't hide behind anything else. No. You just say this is it. Yeah. And I think that the people will be really happy for you i'm really happy for you as a fan as a fan or as a friend i'm happy for you that you've come out the other side totally healthy yeah. just as creative and with a ma massive desire oh, yeah. and i hope that we can do some stuff and uh, oh we will you know we will. yeah well i know we will absolutely yeah but uh <laughs> and yeah and i mean i mean also have a, a um it's just a real quick i mean my plans for the future is i don't plan on doing thousands of things anymore i right. just plan on coming up with really creative cool ideas and if you know, these creative concepts and things that I have. And there's music. Those are the two things in my life that are the most important. It's my family as well, which yeah. is and taking time off for myself. But creating something, creating new things, greater things, bigger things, trying new things I've never tried before. And musically, I have a secret and in in actually a secret project that I'm working on mm -hmm. that I can't talk about right now, but will be a very huge thing for next year. And I think it's something that all audiences will really like. And it's something that no one's ever seen from me before. So, No surprise there. No surprise there. Cheers, man. Hey, man. I, I, I really, really appreciate it. And uh, you know what? I look forward to the next time. So Yeah, thank you very much. Thank Cheers, you, Mike. Right. Cheers. Bye.